everyone. It's that time of the day for our YouTube live to begin. Great to have you here. So awesome that you're tuning in this very fine day that the Lord has made. Make sure you guys say hi to one another in the chat. We love how warm and welcoming you are to one another. And throughout this four-hour stream, we're going to be having a Meagle chat. So we're going to be having question time. So we're going to get all your questions answered. And so be patient with that. We'll get to that during the question time segments of the stream. We're also going to have the song of the week and also a Kahoot game lined up for the end of stream too. So it'll be lots of fun. So please stick around, get your cup of coffee or your tea or your water and your popcorn and tune in and be praying for those that we get to speak with. We, we need the prayer support, both not only for us, but also for those that we're witnessing to be praying for them. Now, we've got a great team here. We want them all to say hello to you. And so it's a hi from Ryan. Hello from Paul. G'day from Glenn. Hello from Ruben. Hello from Zach. Hi from Crusoe. What an amazing team we have here. I think, I think we might even have more laborers rock up as the day goes on, as the Lord provides, which is so cool. Now, um, we're going to need God's help, as I mentioned, so we're going to pray. And first up, we're going to get Glenn to pray and have some chats. So over to you, Glenn from Kiwiland. Hey, okay, let's let's pray. And before we pray, I'm just going to switch to dark mode. And Father, thank you so much for another day of your patience, Lord. We, we are, you know, we're not like you, Lord. We, we want your patience to run out now, Lord. We want you to return, Jesus. We want to be with you, but we thank you that you're holding off that justice. And we've got this opportunity now just to continue spreading uh, the seed of the gospel and plowing with the um, the plow of the law in, in people's hearts. Lord, I please, I just ask that you would be pairing us with those that won't be time wasters, Lord, that, that would be ones who would engage, Lord, and that would be able to glorify you through uh, proclaiming this message, we acknowledge our weakness and our deep dependence on you, and we ask you to go before us as we uh, speak to these people that you bring us. Help us to be gentle and respectful and yet faithful to your word. We need your help desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. And I click that button and this button. Hey, yeah, I've got a, got a question for you. What do you yeah. think? What do you think happens after you die? Uh, heaven. Heaven. Yeah, I agree. There's a heaven. What do you think we have to do to get to heaven? Oh, just be good in your life, like uh, spread the gospel. That because we're like we're all two different, different religions. religions. Yeah. Okay, what religions have we got represented here? Uh, Hinduism. And Hindu. Yeah. Okay, so two Hindus and a Christian. No, no two, two, Christians, two Christians, one Hindu. Okay, so for the Hindu, do you believe God is real as well? Of course. Okay, all right. So we got four people who all believe that God is real, right? Mm -hmm. And would you all agree that we have to be good to get to heaven or whatever you would say the next life is? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. Now, this is where I want to challenge your thinking a little bit. I would disagree with that. I would say heaven has to be a gift. It has to be a gift because I don't think there are any good people, right? So, mm -hmm. for example, let me ask you a few quick questions. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. yes. Yeah, me too. 
Now, it's it's not good to lie, right? Mm-hmm. And so what about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yes. And last one, ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course we have, right? But it's not good to do these things. You see what I'm getting yeah. at? And so mm-hmm. I've got good news. There is a way to get to heaven. It's a gift. But if we died today and God judged us, would we be innocent or guilty? Okay. It matters because God can forgive you. He can forgive you for your mistakes because he knows that everybody mistake makes mistakes in life. But, yeah. I, I agree. I agree that God can forgive, right? But before we can be forgiven, we have to acknowledge that we're guilty. Does that make sense? Yes. So if God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Right. Yeah. So would we deserve a reward or a punishment from God? Punishment. punishment. But I don't think he would judge us. I well, think course, he would of course pray God for us judge. to be better. God Hope is for good. us to be better. I don't think he would judge us. Well, even if we were to become better, would that remove the punishment for the stuff we've already done wrong? Like, no. For example, if I was to commit five serious crimes today and tomorrow mm-hmm. I commit zero crimes and I instead do 10 good things, are the police still going to arrest me for those five crimes I did mm-hmm. yesterday? Yes. yes. Yeah, same with God. Now, God is going to judge because he's good. You know, we see murder. We see all these bad things that are happening in the world. And we see that people get away with it. And it's good that God's going to give justice to them, right? And so if we deserve a punishment, what sounds more like a punishment to you, heaven or hell? Hell, hell, hell. Now, good news. How can God forgive? There is a way to remove that punishment. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. What if someone was to take all of your punishment for you as a gift? If someone paid 100% of your hell fine or your hell punishment, how much would be left for you to get in hell? Wait. Can you repeat yourself? Sure. Let me explain it this way. If you were driving a car too fast down the highway and the police pulled you over, what would they give you? A ticket. A ticket. Yeah. And let's say that ticket's $100, but you can't afford to pay the ticket. But a friend of yours who cares for you says, I'll pay your speeding ticket. They go to the police station, they pay the $100. How much is left for you to get? Or how much is left for you to pay? Big fat zero. You've got it, right. And so it's the same idea with God. When we break his law, when we disobey our parents, when we're angry, when we're lying, we're breaking God's law, we're accumulating a hell fine. But if someone paid 100% of your hell fine, how much is left for you to get in hell? Zero. Yeah, right. And so therefore, where would you go when you die? Heaven. Right. Now, do you know who's willing to take that punishment for you? God. You're God. right. Because whoever takes the punishment would have to be perfect because heaven is a place for perfect people. Only God is perfect. God became a man. Do you know who that man was? Uh, um, yes. Yes. We can't say We're not going to say. Well, I am because I love that name. Jesus. How did he die? 
crucifixion. Why did Jesus get crucified on a cross? Or skip. <laughs> Do you want to skip me? <laughs> yeah, because yes. our friend is leaving. Why is she leaving? Her mom's here to pick her up. Okay. Yes, and you're starting okay. with religious stuff. Bye. Yeah, but this is Bye. Have a great day. We're all going to die, right? We're all going to yes. die. Have a great day. Not God me. Young. Father, thank you for that opportunity to engage with them and go through the law and explain about you, Lord Jesus, and I leave them in your care. And I just pray it would be a stone in your shoe. Raise up laborers, Lord, to, to meet them and continue this conversation with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So where did I get to? During gospel, um, two Christians and a Hindu, um, all thinking be be good for heaven. Um, 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 what else? What else? What else? Uh, one had to go as I was getting the gospel, the Hindu. Wanted to skip and made it. Okay, Father, yeah, I just ask, thank you for that opportunity and ask for your help with this next one as well, Lord. Give me uh, patience, gentleness, faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity just to engage with people willing and ready to talk with strangers. And um, yeah, please help me in this chat. Pair me with someone willing to engage. Amen. Hey, I got a question for you. Hey there, I got a question for you. What's up, bro? It's a deep question, man. What do you think happens after we die? Honestly, I I don't feel like nothing happens. I feel like we just, you know, I feel like our like our our is it atoms? Yep. I, so I feel you, like our atoms just disperse into the gotcha. earth. So your body's gonna rot. So you don't think you got a soul? I mean. Yes. Hear me out. Hear me out. Where do you think this universe came from, man? I mean, I mean, probably like the Big Bang. I mean, I'm not really a religious person. Okay, you might not be a religious person. I'm optimistic, are, though. Well, you are a logical person, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. very logical. Everyone is logical because we we all share logic, right? Now, mm -hmm. if I told you my house made itself, would you believe me? Not technically. <laughs> Not at all, man. Houses don't make themselves, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's illogical to say that a building had no yeah. builder, right? And so yeah. you wouldn't believe me. Now, have you ever seen the builders of my house? I mean, no. No, and so therefore, wouldn't the building you can see prove that they're real? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this, man? Yeah, I feel like it. I know. 
yeah well wouldn't the same thing be true <clears throat> for this universe that we're in i mean yeah 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 theoretically so if there's a universe maker who made the universe since the universe is made of material and had a beginning mm -hmm. the universe maker must be immaterial right yeah and so therefore if that proves that the universe maker is spirit that would mean mm -hmm. we have a spirit we have a soul right gotcha you see where i'm going with this yeah i got you because the reality is you're going to have to die wouldn't mm -hmm. it make sense that the universe makes the rules yes. for the universe yeah yeah not only physical laws but moral laws right do you think yeah. you're a good person mm -hmm. it's like i'm very do you think you'd good be person. do you think you'd be good enough to go to heaven if you you were to die i mean as of right now yeah okay well let's test that out okay have you ever told a lie in your life? I mean, hasn't everyone? Yeah, yeah. But what do you call someone who tells lies? A liar. Right. So what about this one? Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah. I mean, like once. But... <laughs> Only once? Are you sure that's well, not yeah, a that's lie? Ass whooped, so. Last one. Have you ever been angry with someone or used bad language with them? Oh, yeah. yeah. So if you died today and God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. For me, I dropped the word probably. I'm definitely guilty. I've broken all the rules, right? Yeah. And so do we deserve a reward or a punishment? Probably a punishment. And so because people get away with murder in this life, and we know there's a universe maker mm -hmm. that cares about justice, there must be a place of punishment after we die yeah. and a place of no punishment, heaven and hell. If you yeah. deserve a punishment, where would you be going, heaven or hell? Hell. And that's why I'm here talking to you, man. I've got good news. Yeah. There's a way to remove that punishment. Do you know what that mm. is? Uh, praying for forgiveness. Well, think about this. If I was to commit serious crimes on, mm -hmm. on earth and I'm standing before a judge and I went, judge, I am so sorry. Please forgive yeah. me. Is the judge going to let me go free or send me to prison? Uh, send you to prison. Right. So asking for forgiveness is going to help. And you mentioned going to church, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's good to do, but can our good deeds remove our bad deeds? Uh, no. Right. If I commit five serious crimes and the next day I commit no crimes and I instead do 10 good things, are the police still going to arrest me for those five crimes that I did yesterday? Yeah. Same with God. Good deeds won't remove bad deeds. Mm -hmm. But I've got good news. Do you want to hear it, man? Sure. Yeah. What if someone was willing to take your punishment for you as a gift? If someone they took 100% of your hell punishment, how much would be left for you to get in hell? So you said 100% of the punishment? Yeah. So none? Right. So therefore, Maybe. where would you go when you die? Heaven. And do you know who's willing to do that for you? Uh was yeah. it jesus yeah yeah jesus proved himself to be god mm -hmm. when he rose from the dead three days later yeah and so if he died on the cross he must have been bearing the penalty for our sin mm -hmm. so if jesus died on the cross for your sin where would you go when you die heaven right and so what's the reason why you can go to heaven because he died for our sins well done and he did that as a gift. So you don't have to be good enough to get it. 
Instead, you yeah. simply accept it by trusting that Jesus no, died for you. I'm mind blown right now. Not for real. Are your are your friends mind blowing right now? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got chills on my spine, bro. You got chills down your spine. Yeah, I do too, because I know what I am. I know I deserve hell, mm -hmm. but I'm getting God's mercy, and it makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm pleading with you to change your mind today. Oh, Mm -hmm. Trust that Jesus died on the cross for you, okay? Mm -hmm. But what if you don't? What if you don't trust that Jesus died on the cross for you? Then where will you go? Uh, if you don't trust, probably, I mean, would it be hell? I'm not would, because if Jesus doesn't take your punishment for you, who's going to have to take it instead? Yourself. Right. And so... When should you start trusting that Jesus died for you? Like now? Yeah, because we don't know when we'll die. And yeah. after we'll die, we'll be too late. Now, I've got a mm -hmm. good follow-up question here. What if someone was to start trusting that Jesus died for them today, but then tomorrow mm -hmm. they did 10 more wrong things and died? We would yeah, end wouldn't it just like, wouldn't they just still go to hell, though? Wow. I feel like it's kind of like contradicting the whole... Hear me, out. hear me out here. When Jesus died on the cross, was he taking the punishment only for our past sin or for our future sin as well? For future? You're right, too, because he, he died and rose again roughly 2,000 yeah. years ago. So our sin's in the future of that. And so um, does that make sense? So if someone was to start trusting that Jesus died for them today. Yeah. And then tomorrow did 10 more sins and died, it wouldn't be hell, it would be heaven. Why? Because he died for you to be able to go to heaven. Yeah, he died even for our future sin the moment we start trusting mm -hmm. that he died for us. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So it's not a contradiction. The punishment's mm -hmm. still being satisfied for those 10 sins. It was just paid for the day before. Makes sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And so... Um, if you died today and God asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Because um, Jesus died for our sins. Good answer. And so out of 100, how sure are you that you're going to heaven when you die? A hundred percent. Are you really 100% sure you're going to heaven when you no. die? No. Why not? Probably like 50. Probably like half. Okay. And why would it be 50-50? I feel like every day, you know, people my age you know we we do stupid stuff you know okay so stuff what you're like saying is you're only 50 50 percent sure because you do bad stuff is that right yeah and so what does that reveal you think you have to do to get to heaven uh believe no it reveals believing. you think you have to be good enough because you're appealing to the bad stuff you do yeah is the reason you're not getting to heaven and so, again, I'm pleading with you to change your mind, okay? Now, for someone who is trusting that Jesus died on the cross for them, how sure can they be that they're going to heaven? 100%. They can be 100. Why can they be so sure? Because he died for the sins of yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's what he did for us that gets us to heaven and not anything we do. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we can yes. be sure on this. Yeah. Gotcha. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Do you have to be good enough to get to heaven? Do I no? Well Wait. done. Do you have to ask for forgiveness to get to heaven? No. 
Because the only reason we get to heaven is? Because he died for our sins. Got it. Yeah. And so what if someone was to say to you, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but mm -hmm. I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Where would they wrong? Probably hell. Definitely hell. Yeah. Because yeah. even though they're acknowledging Jesus, they're still trusting mm -hmm. in themselves. Yeah. Makes sense? Subtle, mm -hmm. subtle follow-up question. If someone was to say to you, I think I'm going to heaven for two reasons. The first reason is because I trust that Jesus died for me. And the second reason is because I'm telling others about Jesus. Would that person end up in heaven or hell if they died? I feel like heaven because they're spreading the, but it feels like it's like a trick where it's like it's hell because they're. Sorry, what was that last comment? What would it be hell because they're still playing their self into it? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. It's not a trick question. I'm just wanting yeah. to be really clear on this. Yeah. It's not partly yourself and partly Jesus to get to heaven. It's, it's Jesus. Jesus. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so do you have to be baptized to get to heaven? No. No. So if you died today and God asked you, why should I not send you to hell? What would your answer be? Because you just died for our sins. Got it. Yeah. Dude, you got something to think on, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Do you think you would use Jesus as an excuse to go and do more wrong things? No. No. Like, think of it like this. If you're in a burning building and a fireman rescued you, how would you feel towards the fireman? Thankful. And so would you turn around and punch the fireman in the face? No. Same with Jesus. Yeah. If you understand the gift he's given you, he's taken all your hell punishment. Mm -hmm. Out of your gratitude, you're going to want to do more good and less bad. Makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. And so what are two things you could do to start learning more, more about Jesus? Um, reading the Bible. That's one. And then going to church. Got it. Have you got a Bible? Uh, No. No. You can get one for free. There might be you know one, actually. Oh, yeah, because you go to, like, the some website or something. Well, you just go to the App Store and search for ESV uh, Bible and uh, get the one with the white background gold letters and then just start reading in the Book of John. Yeah. Book of do John, you, gotcha. Do you have to read the Bible to get to heaven? Uh, I feel like no, because if you're, like, and it's like you're you believe in it and you believe he died for our sins. I feel like that counters it. Yeah, it, it you don't have to read the Bible because it's Jesus dying on the cross for you that gets yeah. you to heaven, not reading the Bible, right? Um, yeah. but is it your belief that's getting you into heaven or is it what you're believing in? It's like believing in. Yeah. It's not even your belief that's getting you into heaven, it's Jesus yeah. dying on the cross that's getting you to heaven. But you simply accept that through your belief. Makes sense? Yeah. 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 That makes perfect sense. And so do you go to a church? Um, No. No. Well, if you decide you're going to start trusting that Jesus died on the cross for you, then I'd encourage you to find a good church. There's plenty of bad ones out there. So that link, yeah. ninemarks.org church search, you've got a better chance finding a good church through there. So, yeah. Sweet. Dude, what about your friends? If you were to ask them, why do you think you'd go to heaven? What do you think they would say? Oh, um, I don't know what they would say. 
probably no. A lot of yeah, I heard no. your mate go nope. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Where would the they go when they die then? No, because of what? Translate that. He, everything he's done. Okay, and so. Yeah, but does your regret remove the punishment for the wrong you've already done? He said, "No, it don't." No, it doesn't. And so, what can you tell your friends? What What can you tell them? What's the good news? That if they start believing, they all go to heaven. What's well, not their belief? But you trust. Can tell them that oh, yeah. Jesus died yeah. on the cross for them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do that, man. This is important. This is, you know, how long is this life going to be compared to eternity, man? Not long. Very short. I'm pleading with you. This is important. Please, please get a Bible and start reading it. Check out what I'm saying, man. Amen. Cool. Got any questions? Uh, I think my friend does. Sure. You're going to have to translate it, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll elaborate on what he just said. So I guess he got in a bad car wreck, and people were saying he was supposed to die. Yeah. And um, I guess he was talking about, like, the – what did you say, Ricky? Oh, like they say God is what saved them. Yeah, well, the, the reality is, though, many people get into car wrecks and they do die, right? Um, yeah. We are all going to die. And Eventually. so that's why right now, accept the mercy of Jesus, because yeah, you may not get another opportunity, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Uh, any questions, Hancho? No, but uh, I feel like I learned something. They actually want to say they feel like they earned learned something. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Um, please, if you want, uh, if you've got any more questions, check out needgod.net on any of the socials. So, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and needgod YouTube. Needgod.net. Yeah, and you can direct message through on Instagram if you want. But to be honest, you don't need me. You need. Jesus sacrifice, trust that he died for you, and then get a Bible and then get into a good church somewhere, okay? Okay. Thanks for your time. My name's Glenn from New Zealand. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah. No worries. Peace out. Peace. Father, thank you so much for that wonderful opportunity to uh, labor the law and the gospel and yeah, I just thank you that your gospel is spine-tinglingly good. <laughs> spine-tinglingly good. And, yeah, I just pray that we would continue to have opportunities just to, to share this wonderful message. Um, I leave them in your care. Amen. So the
so complete not professing um fairly textbook um he had a couple of friends listening and the girl said I've got tingles down my spine as she heard the gospel. Um, they said they learned something. Now, Father, thank you for that opportunity. Very encouraging, Lord. And just pray that you would just sustain us. Give us the energy we need to continue laboring for your glory, Lord. Uh, we're eager for your return. And so, Lord, yeah, just, just be saving people for your glory, I pray. And help me with this next chat as well. Um, whatever I face, Lord, <clears throat> hostility or, or acceptance, Lord, just help me just to be grounded on you. Give me wisdom and uh, help me to stay calm. I need your help. Amen. Hello? Hey there, I got a question for you. Of course. Yeah, it's a deep question. What do you think happens after we die? Oh, man, I... I don't really think about it, but I think nothing happens. But I hope there is something. But I, I don't think any anything is actually. Yeah. Well, if you hope there is something, I, I'd I'd ask you to stick around with me for a few minutes because I just want to reason with you. Is that is that okay? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you believe God is real? No. No. Okay. I want to reason with you on that because if I told you my house made itself, would you believe me? No. I'm glad. Why wouldn't you believe me? Because th it, it's not possible for those materials to form a house on their own. It's got it. Yeah. There has to be a builder. Now, have you ever seen the builders of my house? No. And so wouldn't the building you can see prove that those builders are real? I mean, I suppose so. Yes. Yeah. Now, you know where I'm going with this because I can see your smile. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Wouldn't the same thing be true for this universe that we're in? I mean, it could be. I hope it is. I hope it is. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it is. Well, would you um, say you hope there's a builder for your house or do you say I know there's a builder for my house? I would say I know, but the thing is the universe is made out of living things like every particle of dust like is living mm -hmm. it evolves over millions of years into mm -hmm. you know gas clouds which eventually form life it's not the same for a house which only takes a few years it's it's a different yeah the time concept is way different okay let me let me challenge you on that a little bit okay firstly okay. for evolution to even start it would require a universe for it to start in right of course. And so therefore, evolution doesn't solve the problem of where the universe came from. No, of course. I, I, no one knows. No one, I don't think anyone could ever know. 
well, hold on. I, I disagree with you on that because <clears throat> buildings and universes have something in in common, right? Firstly, a building has to have a beginning, right? Or a building does have a beginning. And in the same way, the universe we know has a beginning, right? Of course. And so... Well, I mean, you, don't, you ever never know if it has a beginning. Maybe it just exists. Well, we do know it has Maybe a beginning. Because we inherently, logically know a universe had a beginning, that's why scientists come up with the theory of the Big Bang. I mean, right? I suppose, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... If a building requires a builder, then the universe must require a universe maker. Of course, but where did the universe maker come from? He would Great require question. a a, yep. a god maker as well. So yeah, no, no good question. Logically, anything with a beginning must have a maker, is what I'm saying. But I'm not saying everything had a beginning. Logically, there has to be something with no beginning that started the process off. Other, otherwise, you've got a logical fallacy called an infinite regress. You can't have that. And so oh, yeah, yeah, okay, if yeah. we know the universe had a beginning, that proves the universe maker must be real and must have no beginning. Well, no, it could also prove that the universe itself has no beginning inside of the universe maker, which is it just okay, adds but I already addressed step. that earlier by saying we know and logically inherently the universe had a beginning anyone who asks questions will always end up at the question of where the universe came from because we know it had a beginning you know how kids will say but why but why <laughs> and and that ends yeah. with the universe started and because we know it started if the building requires a builder the universe has to have a universe maker that didn't start of course but do we really know it started like we think it started but we don't have the actual capabilities to actually know 100 percent anything in the universe for sure i strongly disagree the same goes for you okay I, I strongly disagree in this way it's absurd to say that oh the building may not have had a beginning it could have always existed that wouldn't make any sense and it doesn't make any sense with the universe either. It, it is not possible for a you know, the, the the way we observe the universe. Now, I could I could get into things like the second law of thermodynamics, talking about energy being consumed and eventual heat death. And sorry, energy being consumed. What I mean is we know energy can't be destroyed, um, but it's eventually going to hot and cold is going to level out oh yeah i, I get it yeah, usable yeah, yeah. anymore and etc cetera, etc cetera. but i don't need to give you scientific laws we just it's it's logical oh. the universe we track it back to it had a beginning we, we've Maybe got we a strong motive to deny that though hear me out hear me out this is the okay, reason yeah. why we want to deny the obvious we don't want there to be moral accountability because we know we do wrong. And we know if a universe maker exists and made the universe, they would get to make not only the physical laws, but moral laws. Do you think you're a good person? I like to think so, but I mean, everyone did some scummy things. I'm not going to deny that, but I think I'm a good person. But the issue with that is if there was a universe maker, 
like if God created the universe, which I would like to believe. I mean, I don't, I don't, but I would like to. Um, how, why does he uh, control our morals? Maybe he just made the universe and left. Yeah. Just, okay. Just so, good question. Great question. Do you care about justice? Sure, but there's not always justice in the world. If you built a house at great expense, would you just walk away from the house and let somebody else come in and take it over and ransack it? No, of course not. But that happened anyways. With I mean, you could say that the humans invested the house as well, like a like insects would do in a house. Bugs. I, I wouldn't rats. let I wouldn't let insects and bugs ruin my house. No, but there are always bugs in your house. You could say the same then for humanity as well. Right. Hold on. The point that I'm trying to get at, though, is we care about justice. Actually, universally, humans care about justice. Like if I dished up ice cream to three kids, but I put double ice cream in one of the bowls, what is the what are the other two kids going to say to me? I mean, uh, that's not fair, but fair. What's fair or not is just a concept that we made up. No, it's not. Actually... I've just proven to you yeah. that it's not a concept we've made up because we all universally know about justice. Instantly, those children without, you know, kids don't get taught about justice. They just know it. Hey, he got more ice cream than me. Why, why, why don't he get the same? I mean, you could also just blame that on selfishness. They want more ice cream. They're selfish. They cannot handle the fact that someone has more than them. They may be selfish, but they know inequality we we intensely know about justice talk to human beings who have lost a loved one to murder and they care deeply about justice you care deeply about justice i care deeply about justice if we universally care about justice then it makes sense that the universe maker who made us cares about justice hasn't just made the universe and walked away and so, I mean, so if no, no, you continue. Sorry. Given that, given that, would you agree that people get away with murder in this life? Sometimes they murder and never get caught. Of course. And so, therefore, logically, there has to be an afterlife with a place of punishment. You don't need to hope there is an afterlife. You logically know there is one, and I'm just working against your suppression here. <laughs> No, that's not logical. That's just you want there to be an afterlife because you want there to be justice. Maybe there just simply isn't justice in life. Maybe everything is unfair. Okay, hear my, hear my logical argument one more time. One, the universe that we observe proves the universe maker we can't observe. Two, the fact that we all care universally about justice proves the universe maker cares about justice. Three, people don't get justice in this life and because we know the universe maker cares about justice there must be an afterlife with a conscious place of punishment and a place of no punishment heaven and hell are logical realities do you think you're a good person i'm going to ask you some test questions now because i've already this is the second time i've asked you that have you ever lied yes yes have you ever disobeyed your parents I mean, sure. 
And last one, ever been angry with someone or use bad language with them? I've been angry with someone, but I don't think I ever used bad, bad language against them, no. Okay. So if you died today and God judged you by those rules, would you be innocent or guilty? I mean, I guess guilty, but like, that's and not, that's not how it works. Like, you, you don't know if don't God's actually... God exist. <laughs> no, 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 I would, I want God to exist. Okay, I'm listening. Because I, I would find it, find it very depressing if this was all, like, if this would end. But I yeah. still, like, you say you use logic to come to this conclusion, but it's more just speculating than logic. You don't actually know it. You're just saying it because it sounds reasonable to you, but it doesn't mean it's true. Okay. Why? Hold my logic. Okay. Because when you say that just because there's a universe, that there's a universe maker, that's speculating. You don't know that. You don't know anything. Do you know there's a builder? You don't know anything. Can I can I touch on that? No. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What you've just said is I don't know anything. And that is logically absurd. You know many things. And so no, but your, anything whole, in the... your whole position is flawed right from the beginning. You've you've got a presupposition that says there's so much going on in this universe around me, I can't know for sure anything. And I'm arguing that's oh, yeah. unreasonable. But There's why is it unreasonable? You know. What what do I know? In the grand scheme of okay, things, so not like, do I know whether um, my cousin John lives, you know? But I mean, in the grand well, scheme. Well, that's something you know. Let, let me start here. No. Let me start here. Are you claiming that you don't know anything? No, in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, I know you, claim you don't things. know anything. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, why okay, not? so therefore, this is my follow-up to that. Do you know that? No, I don't. But again, then so you don't know anything. So you're contradicting yourself. No. By, by, no, logic, not... by logic, you, you've just proven you know something by denying that you know anything. You know that you no, don't not... know anything. <laughs> so it's it's a... not a contradiction. It's a paradox. It's like solve. paradox. Gonna... No, I'm yeah, really glad. I'm really glad you said that because it, do you actually study logic? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can you define school. logic for me? I mean, no one actually can. Like again, that's all whoa, 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 based whoa, whoa, whoa. on your personal. It's you like, just said it's no, no, not no. a contradiction. It's paradox. That they're, they're definitions that we use when we're talking about logic, and then you say you can't define logic. Well, I mean, do you okay, know look, it's a paradox? Wait, wait, let me explain. Okay, so logic is, of course, something that, you know, with reason you can conduct it through. But right. when you, like, actually think about it, that reason, it's all to something you believe. It's not, you don't actually know. Okay, so if you can prove something to be true, do you really know it? Okay, if you prove something, do we do you see really by logic? It? We mean, can reason about something being true, but if you don't know anything, can you know that it's true? No, of course not. Maybe everything is, is lies, but the reality maybe, is we can prove things. That's why we have science. No, but look, but maybe nothing is real. Maybe we're all like we're in just a, a brain fucking... in a vat. You're in the matrix. Maybe you don't. You don't know it. How do you know that's not real? 
you know how do you know that's not the case you don't really know anything are you saying you could be in the matrix of course anyone could be anyone could be everywhere where did the matrix come from no but you don't know that's what i'm saying you don't know I'm, i'm strongly arguing against you we know many things okay i mean i agree with like smaller define things, logic but... yeah logic is a universal unchanging and immaterial law by which we can know things for example one plus one equals two or a building can't make itself are concepts that are understood in the same in china as they are in where i live in new zealand right Uh, One plus one equals two is the same 2,000 years ago as it is today. And one plus one equals two is not a concept. Sorry, it's not something made of matter. It's a a concept that's immaterial, right? I mean, letters 2,000 years ago, they used different letters, but all right. Agreed. So I'm not talking about semantics. I'm talking about the concept of one plus one equals two. And so therefore, we have something that's independent of us. It's a universal unchanging and immaterial law by which we can know things like one plus one equals two and that a building can't make itself they are actually attributes of the universe maker the universe maker is universal i.e everywhere unchanging and immaterial and so the fact that we have logic proves that god is real dude you know many things And I'm here to reason with you. You you don't need to hope there's an afterlife. I'm working against your suppression. You you know many things. Do you think? Well, look, wait, wait, let me, can I touch on the uh, previous bit of it? Sure, go for it. Okay. I agree with your whole logic thing, but how you're connecting logic with the maker, that's not, that's not how it works. You cannot just connect that. Where did logic come from then? Where do you get universal, just, immaterial, look, and unchanging okay. law? Yeah, yeah. Just it's it just it has existed. It just got created. Like the laws of physics, physics. Let's you know Where gravity. The laws of, the laws of gravity. From? You know the, the laws of gravity. That's only on this planet, for example. No, it's in, in universal laws of physics. Yeah, and gravity are universal. Where did the yeah, but they are different. From? The rules are different everywhere. No, they're not on different the planets. Laws of physics are the same everywhere. Gravity is the if, same in, in if you this step planet, if you, on the moon, solar system, and the next solar system. If you are if you're on the moon and you jump, you oh, jump way higher than here. On. What do you the mean? The law of gravity is the same, but based on the size of the mass, the uh, the amount of gravity is going to be different, of course. But the law is the no, same. It's not, it's not always the size. It's also just the I'm not like a the, the, the chemicals there. No, I'm not right, but there's also just the chemicals on the planet, you know, the structure of which it is made. Earth is not made of the same gases like thousands of millions of years ago than Venus, for example. That's why they have different colors. That's why there's water here, etc. Yeah. That's why there are life, there's life here. But okay. if there's right. a maker, how why why are we special? Why can there not be life 2,000 light years away? Why are we special? Why do we get an afterlife and they, for example, don't? Or do they or oh, do they do get hold on, it? Hold on, I'm never going to appeal to what I don't know. That's a god of the gaps. I'm going to appeal to only what I do know. 
Sure. And so I don't know that there are any aliens millions of years where I can't speculate about their afterlife. No, not. but you cannot. But the same goes for God. You cannot speculate on no, him. You cannot no, know. Sorry, I've given you two different ways of proving that you know there's a universe maker. The first well, one is because, the fact that okay, you wait. know things, the fact that you have an independent law of logic proves that there is a universe maker to provide those things in the first place. And secondly, the universe you observe around you, you know logically can't make itself. So therefore, you know there's a universe maker. Now, I don't, I don't really want to argue with that anymore. Uh, let, let's just agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, but okay, it's not really a disagree to disagree. Can I just make one final statement? I agree, it's not because quick. I'm arguing. You know there is a god, and I, I just don't want to keep hitting my head. But no, no, I do no, I want to it. just touch on one other thing. But I'll let you go first. Okay. So you know the first thing you said, the first reason. I I think you you're connecting dots that aren't there. That's what I personally think. Yeah. And with the second part, I mean, what if the universe has created this itself? You don't know that. You don't know it couldn't create itself. That's a stupid argument, in my opinion. I okay. I could be wrong. Say the same there thing be... about a building, man. And and it's not going to be me who looks stupid. <laughs> Can I change no, that like, now? Wait, really quick. You cannot compare a house with a builder to the universe and in God. That's two not. ways I can. They had a beginning and they have complexity. Now, I want to change tack because I've left you with the bad yeah, news. Sure, no, sure. we, let's agree to disagree on this. Yeah. yeah. I, I've left you with the bad news. Like, I've logically explained, like, you've lied, right? Sure. It's, you've stolen, disobeyed your parents, been angry. We would be guilty before the universe maker we know is real. Therefore, we would deserve a punishment. And that punishment would be the place of punishment after life. But I've got good news. Do you want to hear it? Even if you disagree with me, can I at least explain I mean, to you? Too I'm, too deep in, I'm too deep to, into this to not hear it. Okay, cool. The good news is there's a way to remove that punishment logically so that you don't have to take it yourself. Okay. What if someone paid your hell fine for you as a gift? If someone took a hundred percent of your hell punishment for you, satisfying your justice, where would you go when you die? Okay. What, why, why would someone do that in the first place? Why would someone punish you in the first place? I don't know. Take your punishment away. Yeah. To demonstrate mercy. So that they can demonstrate their mercy for their own glory. For their and own you're saying purposes. God God would do that or just a random person? Well, what I'm getting at is a random person wouldn't be able to do that because a random person wouldn't be perfect. To get to the place of no punishment, you have to be perfect, right? How many Well, I mean, we don't actually know that, but sure. Well, what I was getting at That's, is the universe yeah. maker made the universe, the universe maker must be just. There would be a place of punishment. Only the universe maker would therefore have been perfect. Now that God himself is willing to take your punishment. Have you heard about Jesus before? Of course. Yeah. Well, how did he die? I'm going to be real. No one knows. No one knows he existed in the first place. Let's be real. But if we believe the Bible, he died for our sins. And 
that satisfies the justice that we deserve for the wrong we've done so that we can go to the place of no punishment as a gift justly. That is logical hope for eternal life. And I'm going to leave you with that, man. Okay, well, I mean, it's hope, but it's not logical, but all right. It's absolutely logical. <laughs> Father, thank you for that opportunity to engage with him, and I leave him in your care. He's obviously not ready at this stage to um, see that, Lord. He, yeah, I leave him in your care. I just pray that would be a stone in his shoe, Lord, that you would... Um, orchestrate circumstances and that you would change his mind that you'd bring other believers into his life just to minister the bad news and the good news and and to reason with him um thank you for the opportunity i pray amen okay here's another encouragement button now i can walk in faith you will protect my way you're that glenn how are those chats man yeah all chats are good man because god is glorified through them i loved how you were really clear i just got to hear a bit of that last one you had really clear with him showing what logic is and showing even his suppression of the truth it was great man all right well welcome everyone who's here today in the chat i want to say good day to noah mia silly goose uh we've got event trev i play william uh we got liam in there as well if you haven't said hi in a while make sure you do andrew's there malik great to have you guys we're going to get straight into your questions alusola welcome good to have you here as well god bless you guys let's get into your questions hey decker's there good to see you decker great to have you here princess welcome now with question time it's a bit of a competition every day to see who can get the first question in so let's see who got it today that's what the throne is who got the first question in now today it looks like it was venus well done venus coming in top spot very quick uh, her question was this I saw a video saying that if your reason behind reading the Bible is to cancel out your sin, then it means your faith isn't real. Well, sometimes I do that to make myself feel better or to not, or to make sure I have faith. Does this show my faith isn't real? Well, if you think that reading the Bible cancels out sins you've done, that's just that's a misunderstanding even of the gospel. How would future good deeds like reading the bible cancel out past wrongdoings it doesn't work that's as bad as islam saying pray five times a day or go to do your um fasting during ramadan and hopefully that'll clear your sins it doesn't make any logical sense so 
Venus, my encouragement is remind yourself of the gospel all day, every day. <laughs> Zach said, give a dog some water. Yeah. Why would giving a dog some water pass or clear your past sins, which is what Islam usually teaches, which is absurd. This one from Colso. I think I might have asked this already, he said, but I've forgotten. What does Second Thessalonians 2 verse 15 mean? Is it saying that reading and scripture is good and does it support the Catholic claim of holding tradition? All right, let's have a read of the verse. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now, a lot of Roman Catholics might use this verse to say, ah, oh, see, Paul's saying in 2 Thessalonians 2, 15, hold to tradition and scripture. Now, hold up. He doesn't say hold to just any tradition and hold to scripture. No, what he's saying there is hold to whatever Paul's saying. Not what any person's saying, but what Paul. Paul is saying as an apostle. And what has Paul said? Well, we've got it. Where, to, where is Paul's writings? All in Scripture. Any traditions that he might have established contained in Scripture. They're not elsewhere. They're not elsewhere. And so this is not a verse used then to support the claim that follow Roman Catholic tradition. Because he's not saying follow any tradition. In fact, if you read Jesus' words on tradition, he rebuked the Pharisees for following tradition. And he said, go back to the Scriptures. And stop elevating your own traditions as, as if they're the word of God. Everything that Paul established and Paul said that God wants us to have is all in the Bible. Okay, next one from Colso again. He said, I've heard a Muslim say this. If the father's will is to make a tree to be blue... But the Son's will is to make the tree to be green, and the Holy Spirit's will is to make the tree orange. What color will the tree be? How would you answer that? That is such a random question. Well, I think we have an instance of this, though, in the Bible, where Jesus says, Father, please take this cup away from me. And yet Jesus still says, yet not my will, but your will be done. Did the cup of God's wrath get taken away from Jesus? The answer is no. He went through that wrath. He endured it. He drank the cup for our sins. That's what his crucifixion was. And so the Holy Spirit and Jesus seek to do the Father's will. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus and the Holy Spirit are less God. No, just like when a wife submits to her husband, does that mean that she is less human? than the husband is? No. Equally human. They just have different roles within marriage. And so does Father, Son, Holy Spirit have different roles within the Godhead, and yet they're all equally God. This one from Bones. I keep on thinking that God has an ego and that I won't accept a gift of God because he has an ego. I know this is bad, and I don't know how it came about, but please help. Okay, what I would say is this. God does everything for his glory, and that is right for him to do that. The reason why it's bad that a human does things for their own glory is because they're just a human, and humans don't deserve glory and praise, because who are we? What are we? We are dependent on things outside of us. We can't even 
As soon as God, if God took away the air, we couldn't even exist for another 10 seconds. We're gone. But God is the source of everything good. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. So, of course, he does everything for his glory, and that is right. So see that not as a flaw, but as a feature. God does everything for his glory, and that is rightfully so. And what a privilege it is that we get to be part of his amazing plan of him glorifying himself. This one from Over Dragon. I heard 72,000 angels were going to save Jesus from the cross. But Jesus didn't allow it. So is it true? Well, the Bible doesn't say 72,000 angels, but we're going to save Jesus on the cross. But Jesus said this. Should I, should I say, Father, save me from this hour? No, for this very hour, as in of going to the cross, was what is why he came to this earth. Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. He said, I, I, could I not at this very moment appeal to my father and he'd send me a whole legion of angels to rescue me? So he's saying that he could easily get out of the situation that he's in, but he's choosing not to. It shows that no one takes his life from him. Jesus lays his life down and he has the power to take it up again. This one from Dragon, Ecclesiastes 9.5. What does that mean? This is one that JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses, love to quote and misunderstand. Let's read it out. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. And they use this. Jehovah's Witnesses try and misuse this scripture to try and say, ah, see? There's no afterlife. When you're dead, that's the end of you. That's literally how poor their argument is. Now, this is why it's so poor. Ecclesiastes is written from a godless perspective. It's basically saying, what is life under the sun apart from God? It's all meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. But from a Christian perspective, do we really think life is all meaningless and pointless? No. We see life has much meaning because... There is a God, and God has a plan, and there is eternity, and so on. But also, if you read through the, the chapter of Ecclesiastes 9, the point that the writer is saying there is that a dead person can't help you because they don't know stuff. Like You can't communicate to them. They don't know stuff, but a living person can, right? A living dog is better than a dead lion, right? A lion's much stronger than a dog. But if a lion's dead, they can't help you, but a, a living dog can. And so he's saying, you don't try and rely on dead people to help you. You rely on those who are living. You rely on um, those who are around you who can help you out. That's the point it's simply making. It's not talking about that there's no afterlife. The whole Bible is so clear that there is an afterlife, that there is a heaven and a hell. Okay, this one from Venus. Sometimes I do works so that I have faith. And sometimes I do works because I have faith. What should I do? Well, you don't do works to have faith because works and faith are opposite of each other. Faith leads to works. Yes, 100%. That's what James 2 is saying. Faith leads to works. But you don't do works to have faith. You have faith, and that produces good works. Christ in me is asked, 
Why should I examine myself and confess my sins to God before taking part in the Eucharist? Uh, so in communion, the first first Corinthians chapter eleven. Okay, well it doesn't say in first Corinthians eleven. Like I think it's good we should confess our sins definitely. We should we should be regular to confess our sins to God, not to a priest, but to God. That's a good thing to do. But what it says in First Corinthians eleven is that we should examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. Don't be just thinking this is an ordinary meal. Oh, I'm just going to have another, you know, meal right now. No, this is a very special one where you are eating it to remember what Christ did for you. You're not literally eating Jesus. That's blasphemous. Um, you are eating this bread and drinking this cup to remind yourself of what Jesus did. And you examine yourself in the sense of, okay, let's see, how have I, how have I been living recently? And this will then usually reflect, result in, I want to confess my sins to God. Say, God, I'm sorry that I've done this. Thank you for this amazing sacrifice of Jesus dying for me. And I get to remember that through eating the bread and drinking the cup. But your sins aren't forgiven because you confess them. And your sins aren't forgiven by taking part in the communion. It's just an amazing reminder. Just like the Passover. Did they get their sins forgiven when they ate the Passover every year? No, it was a reminder. Right. And exa that's exactly where communion was started, at the last Passover. Right? And so it's a reminder, not some sort of way of cleansing you of your sins. This is from TNT. Would it be sinful for Eve to reject eating the fruit because she thought it would make her fat? And not because of what God said. That's funny. No. That's... <laughs> It wouldn't have been sinful for her not to eat the fruit. It was sinful for her to eat the fruit. Even if her motivation was, um, maybe there's a lot of motivations, but even if one of her motivations is, I don't want to eat that because it's, I don't think it looks very nice even. That's not then a sinful reason not to. Uh, that's just another reason not to. Uh, this one from Christ in me. When did the new covenant take place? Like, was it when Jesus was born or after his crucifixion or after the apostles completed their writings? Because there were some special instances where people only re or received the Holy Spirit differently at different times. Uh, like, for example, some received it when the Holy Spirit, uh, when the disciples or the apostles laid their hands on the disciples, and some died by abusing the Lord's Supper, but that doesn't happen today anymore. Okay. The new covenant was established at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. It started. But then you are in a transitional period of time in the book of Acts where God is wanting to teach the apostles some things. He's wanting to teach them that the Holy Spirit doesn't just go to Jewish people. Because that's what they thought. Salvation, only for the Jews, not for the Gentiles. And so God had to teach the apostles that they are wrong about that. And that this salvation and this gift of the Holy Spirit goes to Samaritans, which are half-Jews, and not only to half-Jews, but even to Gentiles, non-Jewish people. Now, that was radical. Peter, when he went to Cornelius' house, who was a Gentile in Acts chapter 10, and he, and he received the Holy Spirit, Cornelius did, 
the very next chapter, Acts 11, all these people in Jerusalem saying, Peter, what are you doing? You went to a Gentile house. And they were angry at him, angry that he would do that. And Peter had to say, guess what? But that Gentile received the same Holy Spirit we've got. And they were speechless. And they said, well, okay. Then even to the Gentiles, God has granted salvation. That was shocking to them. Shocking, because they thought it was only for the Jews. And so that's why we call it a transitional period of time. God is waiting for the apostles to see that the Holy Spirit comes upon even these other people. And so therefore, people didn't necessarily get the Holy Spirit straight away believing. It wanted to be in the sight of the apostles so they could see who's receiving the Spirit. But now that that's already been established, we're out of that transitional period of time. When do you get the Holy Spirit? The moment you believe. Ephesians 1.13. When you believed, you're sealed with the Spirit. And what about people who died by abusing the Lord's Supper? Yeah, God can kill anyone at any time. Do people die today for lying? Maybe. That may be why some of some people are sick, even at church, because they have actually done certain sins that God could make them sick or God could kill some. Not necessarily, I'm not saying everyone who's sick is sick because of that, but that's a possibility, isn't it? In fact, that's what James talks about, that if anyone's sick, get the elders to pray for them because it could be that they've done a sin and they're proud about that sin, they're unrepentant in it, and that could be why God has made them sick. Not necessarily, but it could be. And when I say not necessarily, it's because Jesus was asked the question, this man born blind, was he blind because of his own sin? And Jesus said no. All right, this one from Noah. Is it bad to pray that I win the lottery? <laughs> I would say it may reveal taking part in the lottery at all would probably reveal a heart of love towards money. So don't be don't be participating in the lottery because it's revealing a heart of loving money. And secondly, it's being a very, very bad steward of your money. The chance of someone winning the lottery is extraordinarily low. Extraordinarily low. And so you're just basically throwing money away instead of being generous with it or using it for a good purpose. So don't be taking part in the lottery. This one from Noah. Hey, I've been trying to live more like for Christ and for God, but I also want to be successful in this life and make my parents proud. Is that sinful? It's not wrong for someone to be successful in this life. But don't make that your aim. Really don't make that your aim. Jesus explicitly said, do not store up your treasures here on this earth. He didn't, he didn't just say, hey, make sure you also store up treasures in heaven. He said, do not store up your treasures here on this earth. Yeah, Paul says, anyone who desires to be rich is going to pierce themselves with many pangs. You desire to be rich, you're going to pierce yourself. You're going to hurt yourself, basically, he's saying. Because money and being successful ultimately never satisfies you. Have you noticed why when you ask rich people, how much money is enough for you? And they always say, oh, just a little bit more, just a little bit more, then I'll be happy. They're never happy. They're always craving more. So never love 
money. Instead, if you desire to, you know, you want to get a job, you know, a good job, you want to get this career path, that's fine. Don't make it your ultimate aim. Instead, do those things for the glory of God. And as you get income and so on, be generous with it. That's why we work. We work to have not to keep. We work to have to give to others. That's why we do it. We work to have to give to others. That's why you do it. And your parents' opinion, and think, oh, wow, he's a successful son. That means nothing. Don't do things for the approval of your parents, ultimately. Do things for the approval of God. Jesus said, a person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This one from Overdragon. How do we know that we don't follow the Old Testament laws? Because the Bible says so. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that he came to fulfill the law. If something's been fulfilled, it's done with, it's completed. When you order off Amazon and they say, look, I, we've fulfilled your order, what does that mean? They've sent it out to you. They don't need to keep sending it out every week. It's, if it's been fulfilled, it's done with. Right, so if the law has been fulfilled by Jesus, it's done with, it's completed. The Apostle Paul makes the same point in Galatians chapter 5, verse 18, when he says, But if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We're not under the law. The Old Testament law is complete. It literally says it, you're not under law. Because Christ was the one who obeyed it on our behalf. So we don't obey it anymore. Instead, we obey the laws in the New Testament, not the ones in the Old. Another reason is the Old Testament law wasn't even given to you. If you read the first beginning lines of Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, it says, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, these are my laws for you. Not for everyone, not other nations, but specifically for Israel. You're not Israel. Those laws weren't even for you in the first place. Okay, this one from Batman. Do we know what year Jesus was crucified? I always thought it was 0 AD, like between BC and AD. Okay, well, first of all, BC stands for before Christ. AD does not stand for after death. It does not stand for after death. AD stands for Anno Domini which is a Latin phrase that simply means the year of our Lord. So not the year Jesus died, but the year Jesus was born. And did you know that there is no 0 AD? Literally, there's no 0 AD. It goes from 1 BC, the next year is 1 AD. There's no year 0. So whoever made the calendar thought, that he did it correctly and he said okay 1 AD will be the year in which Jesus was born he kind of slightly miscalculated it in the middle ages whoever made the calendar and we now realize that Jesus was born approximately between 6 BC and 4 BC and we work that out based on what we know from history of when there was a census which is why Jesus or Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem and that's where Jesus would be born. Okay, this one from Overdragon. Can I bet on horse racing now and then? 
can I say best not to? A little bit of gambling usually leads to more. And again, it's being a bad steward, but also it's revealing a I want the money, which is showing a love of money, which is not good. Mia's asked, if you have faith that Jesus died for your sins, but and you and you know sin is bad, but you try and you try not to change, would you go to hell? Someone who genuinely trusts in Christ will want to change. That will naturally occur. I'm not saying a Christian is going to be sin-free. We still sin until the time we die. But the desire in our heart will be, I love Jesus and I want to change and not sin as much. If someone has no interest at all in wanting to change, they're not believing in Jesus. They're faking it. But someone who does believe in Jesus will have the desire, actually, I want to try to be more like Christ. And just slowly by slowly, God will be working in their life and changing them. This one from Lion, if there's only one God, but there's also the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father, aren't there technically three gods? No. If the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus were three three like different beings, then there would be three gods. But they're not three different beings. They're the one being. They share the same essence, the same substance. They're the one God. But they just... Uh, three distinct persons. Now, what do, what does that mean, distinct persons? Well, what a person is, is someone who is self-aware, who has their own mind, and who has their own will. That's what a person is. And we see in the Bible, the Father has his own mind, his own will, he's self-aware, so is Jesus, and so is the Holy Spirit. They talk to each other. They talk to each other. They, Jesus says, not my will, but the Father's will. So there's distinctions and wills there. And so we see three distinct persons, still only one God. Okay, this one from Zizi. If the Bible is the word of God, why does John 1.1 1, 1 say, in the beginning, the word already existed? Because that's not talking about the Bible there. Instead, when we say the word of God, Yes, that we, we, we're usually referring to the Bible. But in John 1, he's using the word logos there, which is also the word for word, but it's in a different sense to saying the scriptures. Different sense. It's saying basically that the, the truth, the source of everything, which is good, even the logic, this basically existence itself comes through Jesus Christ. In fact, he goes on to say nothing exists except through him. So it's important to see that the word word can be used in different senses, and that's what's happening there in John 1. 1. And this one from Zafrix or Zifrix. How do we know that God's purpose, or what is God's purpose for our life? Thankfully, the Bible tells us. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 says this. This is the will of God your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That is God's will for your life, everyone. Your sanctification. Sanctification is a big word. It simply means being set apart, growing in holiness, and being less sinful. That's God's will for your life, to be less sinful, and that you abstain from sexual immorality. So any sort of sexual action that's bad or lustful thought. 
That's God's will for your life. God doesn't say this is the will of God for your life. You be a plumber or you be a lecturer or you be this or that. You get the choice of what career path you choose. You get the choice of where you live, how, you know, what estate you go to, what how big your car is. That's all your choice you get to make. But God commands us, this is what it, God's will is for our life, that you grow in holiness and be Christ-like and avoid sin. Harry's asked, hey, I've got a hard time believing the earth is 6,000 years old. Could you help me make sense of it? Sure. How do we know it's about 6,000 years old when God made the earth? The genealogies. We know when Adam was made because you can trace it back. There's a genealogy all the way in Luke chapter 3 that goes from Adam down to Jesus Christ. And based on how many generations, you can't get billions from that. You definitely get approximately 6,000. But then you're going to say, but I thought scientists, scientists say the universe looks older. Yeah, but God can make a universe 6,000 years ago with an appearance of age, don't you think? Right? He can make things in appearance of age. Think of how old Adam and Eve would have looked after God made them. They might have looked 30 years old. But as soon as God made them, one hour after God made them, they're actually technically only one year old, but they were fully grown people, weren't they? They weren't babies. They were fully grown people, so God made them with an appearance of age. God can do that with trees, fully grown trees in the Garden of Eden. They didn't, they didn't have to wait 30 years for the trees to grow, fully grown trees. God can create starlight or you know the light from other planets and stars. We're, the reason why we can see it, God made it in transit, giving an appearance of age. And so that's why those people say, oh, but it, scientists say it's this old. Yeah, that doesn't mean God made it that many years ago. God made it this amount of years ago, but he can also create it with an appearance of age. All right, this one from Cameron. If the multiverse were to be discovered, would that disprove Christianity and God? No, because if there's other universes, they still have to be made by God. All right. Out of nothing, nothing comes, and therefore there would need to still be a creator. Uh, this one from Dushan, is biblical repentance just converting? Yeah, it's a way you could say it like that. It's a realization to say, I used to think sin was great. I now think sin is bad. I used to not love Jesus. I used to reject him. I've now changed my mind to embrace him and trust in him. So it's a way of describing that process of what happens at conversion when you become a Christian. Go from unbelief to belief. You've repented. That's what the Bible says. Repent and believe the gospel. Change your mind to believe the gospel. It's not saying ask for forgiveness and believe because that's not what repent means. Repent means to change your mind. Wow. Great questions you guys have been asking. It's time now to get into some Bible trivia. You guys ready for this? Okay, here we go. Let's ask some questions to you guys, and you guys can type your answers in the chat once you, if you know the answer. Here we go. Joseph in the Old Testament was given a special thing from his dad that made his brothers jealous. What was he given from his dad? Zach. 
wasn't it like a fancy like cloak or jacket yeah nice work a coat of many colors nice one how many people were at the last supper with yeah how many people were at that last supper all right let's go to paul we'll be 13 including jesus well done yes 13 good job next one finish off this verse I can do all things through what? I can do all things through Reuben? Through Christ who strengthens me. Something like that. Yes. Now that doesn't mean you can win a boxing match. <laughs> uh, instead, it means Paul understood that even through persecution and going to bed hungry some nights, he could do that because God would strengthen him through it, through trials. Okay, next one. Which book of the Bible contains the Sermon on the Mount? Let's go to Harmony. Matthew chapter 7? Or 5? Yes. Seven. Yeah, 5 to 7. Good job. How are you guys doing in the chat? You can see Silly Goose, Matthew, Princess, Trev, Decker and others answering. Good to see. Let's see if the rest of you guys can also answer this too, these questions. Oh, okay. Name the third book of the Bible. Name the third book of the Bible. Carissa. Ridiculous. Yes, good job. It is the book of Leviticus. Okay. Which king was told to let my people go? Which king was told, let my people go? Beck. Sorry. Um, it was... Pharaoh, who was told to let the people go, <laughs> that was a very. Yeah. I was, I was expecting a king of like Israel or whatever. I'm like, okay, I got the list in my head. <laughs> yeah, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. Nice work. Okay, let's do a bit of a harder one. Someone, I think it was Ruth. Yeah, Ruth wanted to be called. Mara. What does Mara mean? No? So Naomi, so no, yeah. I was in the book of Ruth, but Naomi wanted to be called Mara. What does Mara mean? It's a trickier one. Let's see if anyone gets it. How many? Wasn't it something to do like with being of the Jewish line and not of the husband? Wait, I don't know. No, it wasn't that. Good guess, though. Let's go to Beck. Like bitterness for the Lord is well done. bitter by taking yeah. away my family. Hey, we had a expert level question there. Good job, Beck, getting that one. Good job. And out of the mouth of which animal did a coin appear? 
out of the mouth of which animal did a coin appear? Zach. A fish. Nice work. It was a fish. Where Jesus said to Peter, go and catch a fish. Inside you'll have a coin, which will be what you'll use to pay the temple tax. The existence of that fish was simply for that one purpose, wasn't it? It's quite amazing. Very famous fish, you might say, right? Let's do some bonus questions now. All right, Zach, what do you got for us, man? Um, what, what book of the Bible did Moses make the Israelites drink the bull? It was a bull, right? A bull statue that they're worshiping. Harmony. Numbers. No. Back. Exodus. Yeah, unless there is, I don't think there is something about that numbers. I haven't read numbers, so maybe Army's right. It's when they made the golden calf. Is that you're talking about? Yeah, that's after. So it's in Exodus because Moses is up on Mount Sinai, Exodus twenty. He comes down. They've made this golden calf, which they're worshiping. Okay, I'm gonna ask Carissa. What's your question? Um, okay, where can we find, like, in the Bible that God's word is the truth? Such a general question, but Ryan? So a verse that shows that the word of God is the truth, is that what you've asked? I'd say, I'd start off with 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for correction, reproof, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah, there was one other, oh, yeah, go ahead, I was just going to say the whole Bible, the whole thing. Carissa, in the chat, Nicholas actually had a good one that that drugged my memory as well. Second Peter one twenty one, which says, "Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit." Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't think of that one. I was thinking um, John seventeen seventeen. I don't. No, this is a context. I know it's like, what is it? The high chief's prayer, the high priest's prayer, whatever. Um, but it says, like, sanctify them in your truth here. What is truth? But yeah. Nice work. Yeah, follow the way said a workaround for that question is John 14, 6. Christ claims to be the truth. And John 1, he is called the word. Mm, nice. Hey, Paul, what's your question for us, man? Um, now, this one may be tough for some. What is the exact wording of the Tenth Commandment? <laughs> Zach? Covet. Mm, wow, that's pretty in-depth of you. Anyone else? 
<laughs> it'll depend on the translation so maybe never maybe paul what might be a help more helpful if you ask what things that tell you that you shouldn't cover after in the 10th commandment maybe that might be better so what do you guys think how many someone's ox or donkey yeah that's mentioned yeah anything else is mentioned in the 10th commandment that you shouldn't cover it after zach uh your neighbor's wife correct yes and then it says and anything else that belongs to your neighbor so you could actually literally mention anything <laughs> we can't cover it whatsoever nice work all right hey. sorry cool <laughs> let's get the song of the week started <laughs> nice song of the week here we go uh we'll get our voices warmed up with a couple of songs so i'm gonna get uh, carissa can you sing out for us the five solas including galatians 2 20 uh we're gonna get paul you got john 3 16 for us man uh, harmony you can do ephesians uh ephesians 2 Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Uh, Ruben, can you do... Uh, let's get you to do Ephesians 1, 13. 12, yeah, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Yeah, you know that one? Cool. I can give it a try. Give it a try at least, yeah. Beck, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13 trying to think if we've said more and there's then first john 4 10 i think that might be the last one which i'll do okay let's go for it carissa we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone over the glory of god alone found in the scripture alone this is the five solo song I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2. Is it me? Okay. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him
Okay. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. So, all right. So, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, mercy with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know. Ephesians 1 verse 13, is it? <laughs> good try, good try. All right. Um... So I'm doing this Corinthians, right? Okay. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to bear the wrath for our sins. First, first John, first John four verse ten. Is that how it is? And then I was also thinking. We got Psalm sixteen eleven, which is simply, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore." Psalm sixteen eleven. All right. If you guys enjoyed those songs, let's get this week's song sung. And I'm keen to hear how everyone's going and learning it, including we're going to hear Paul sing it this uh, today and Ruben and maybe Zach if he's keen too. Um, but Beck, 
Can you showcase it for us? Get into our heads? That'd be awesome. I haven't done the words today. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. Go on without some words. That's all right. <laughs> all right. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created. Nice work. I was trying to do the actions too. Yeah, now do the actions. <laughs> okay. Oh, you want me to do that? Okay. Everyone together. <laughs> I love watching this. It's great. Okay. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things are created through him and for him. Colossians 1 verse 16. Sounds so good, Beck. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get... Paul, do you want to try that for us now, man? Yeah. All right. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities. <laughs> All things were created through him and for him. Colossians verse 1 verse 16. Sorry for the wording there. Nice work, Paul. Getting there? Getting there? That's good, man. Yep. All right, Carissa, you want to go next and then Harmony? Well done. 
Raven, you want to try it now? I think I'm going to embarrass myself, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to try, <laughs> but I'm going to stop if I do not know it anymore. All right. So, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thorns or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Colossians 1, verse 16. <laughs> hey, not too bad, Ruben. Not too bad, man. That was good. How are you guys going in the chat? Hopefully this repetition is helping you to get into your head as well, the tune and also the words. Zach, do you want to try it out for us? If you want to, it's up to you. Uh, yeah, why not? I have it pulled up, so I'm actually not in my closet. I'm closet. But I'm going to get the first two, first two words. I'm going to forget this. Okay, okay, okay. For by him all things were created. Okay, no, I'm going to look at it. I already messed it up. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Colossians 1.16. Yeah, not too bad, man. That was good. Good, good, good. And I'll put the words up so you guys can read it as I, as I say it. And try sing along. For by him all, all things were created in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Colossians 1 verse 16. It's a great verse. Let's talk about it just briefly. Who's it talking about? Who is this verse talking about? Harmony. Uh, God. Not specifically. Paul, who do you think is talking about? Jesus. Yeah, specifically. Not the Father. It's talking about the Son. And this is why it's so important, because this is one of our key verses that we use to show how, obviously, Jesus, he's not a created being. He's not just, he's not merely a man, but he is truly truly divine and truly human. And it describes what he created. And it's describing how he creates everything in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. Now, that's quite extensive. 
This is quite extensive what he made. Now, Ruben just asked, does the verse before explains it's the sun? Yes. Let's go to the verse before so you guys can know the context. Have a read of it. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So it's definitely talking about Jesus Christ here. What do you think firstborn here means in, in Colossians 1.15? Reuben. Um, I think the resurrection from the death. It doesn't say firstborn from the dead. That's later on. This is saying firstborn of all creation. So what is that referring to, Beck? He's a firstborn of all creation. Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Like, he is the inheritor kind of thing like so he he owns it all correct think of a firstborn son the firstborn son would be the one who's the heir he inherits the estate when his parents when his father dies right and so jesus being the firstborn of all creation does not mean he's first created he's not created because he made everything but he's the heir of the year of the universe he owns it. He's the preeminent one. That's what it means by firstborn there. He's the preeminent one. So, yes, yeah, so this is talking about Jesus Christ. Image of the invisible God. What does it mean that he's the image of the invisible God? Carissa. You can't see God the Father, particularly, or God um, the Spirit. I don't know, I'm going to be bad at answering this, but like, obviously Jesus is like 100% God and 100% man. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that particularly. Yeah, that's all right. Now you're doing well, Chris. What do you say, Ruben? I think he lived a perfect life and also we can see God and by Jesus we know more about God and we know, right, how his plan right of redemption is and and how right yeah, how god works etc yeah and if he is the image of the invisible god it's a way of saying he is god it's not saying that he's even just like god he is the image of god so it's a way of him of actually saying that he is god he's the supreme one the preeminent one of all creation and that brings us then to the next verse. For by all things, for by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. Can you guys tell me what does it mean in heaven and earth, visible and invisible? What are those descriptions? What is he referring to? Beck. So, like, the things of that are spiritual, like heavenly beings and things. So we, we, and then also things that are visible to us. So we've got the earth, the physical things, what we see here, but then also the heavenly beings and such, like angels and stuff who we, we don't see. Yeah, exactly. Everything in heaven, all the angels, everything, every star and galaxy, Everything on the earth, every ruler created by Jesus. 
It's amazing. Paul. Yeah, how do we reconcile um, Colossians 1.18? When we know he's not the firstborn from the dead, yet the scripture says it is. How do we reconcile that? Because he is the firstborn from the dead in the sense of he was the one who was first resurrected with a glorified body. Right. Think of Lazarus. He didn't get a glorified body yet. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Who got I just thought I heard body. you say earlier before that he's not the firstborn from the dead. No, no, no. I said to Reuben, that's not what this verse is saying. In a, in a couple of verses time, he says, verse 18. Okay, sure. In that passage, it was firstborn of all creation, meaning preeminent one. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Carissa, did you say you had a question as well you would ask? Yeah, just on like the verse 15 that we were talking about before. Um, how do you like answer to people that are just like, oh, well, it just says he's the image of the invisible God, just like how we were created in the image of God. So that means Jesus isn't actually God. He's just like us. How do you answer that? The difference is we were made in the image of God. He is the image of the invisible God. The difference? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Now, it says at the end of the verse we're looking at, the verse of this week, is that everything was made through him and for him. Now, does that surprise you that everything was made for Jesus Christ? Now, how many is not saying no? Why does it not surprise you, how many? Because really, the more you study the Bible and just see how good God is, like, he deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise. Everything should belong to him because he is hes amazing. He is good. Yeah, that's so good. Jehovah's Witnesses must hate this verse in Colossians 1.16. They must hate it. And that's why they have changed it. They said, yeah, they've changed it to try and say, God, uh, Jesus made everything, all other things. But it doesn't say other. It says he made everything everything which means he cannot be a created being himself yeah and this also defeats muslims arguments too he's just a prophet he's just merely a prophet really so why was the entire universe made for him and through him <laughs> it defeats um muslims who try and say that jesus is just a prophet defeats Jehovah's Witnesses who think that Jesus is just an angel or a created being and any other kind of group out there that rejects who Jesus truly is. Now, how does this help you in your Christian walk, knowing this about Jesus? Beck. I'm thinking, um, yeah, I guess uh, the fact that he's in control of then all things, like obviously him being the creator of all things, he is in control of all things. So we could see that when he was on earth, he, he calmed the storm. He was uh, able to raise people from the dead. Like he has the right over creation. And so anything that, happens in our life he is totally in control of which can be crows in the background yeah um he can be he, yeah we can be comforted knowing that he's in control and then also that it's for him that um everything 
yeah, that he has created is for the glory of him. And so we can praise God for everything he has created because it points us to Jesus and his and his glory, I guess, and and that we should use then his creation not for what we think is best to be used by our our standard of what we think it should be best used by, but what Jesus has said his creation is for. Yeah, I had a chat with a Muslim yesterday and he was saying to me, oh, look, if Jesus came as a human, how come the universe didn't explode or like just implode because he's not sustaining the universe anymore? I'm like, no, no, no. He took on a human flesh, but he's still sustaining the universe by the word of his power at the same time. He doesn't cease to sustain the universe by becoming a human. Harmony. I hear you answering this all the time, but this might be a good time to even ask. Um, so what do you say whenever people are like, well, isn't that like vain of God or isn't that like narcissistic of God to like, you know, create us for his glory, even if people are going to go to hell and stuff like that? I would say God is worthy of all glory and praise because he's all powerful or knowing all those sort of amazing attributes. And so it's right that he does everything for his own glory. That's fine. As opposed to us, as humans, we are dependent on outside of things, things outside of us. So for someone to just do things for self, ultimately wouldn't be right because who are we? Right, Our very existence wasn't even by us, but by something outside of us. And But yet God's ex existence isn't by something outside of him. Everything comes from him. So it's fair enough that he makes the universe for his glory. And it's an amazing thing that he did. He created everything. Rulers, authorities, people, the heavens and the earth. And that showcases his glory and his power. Yeah. That's good. Good uh, points there. And there was a question in the chat from ZZ. In John 1.14, it says the word became flesh, became a human. Does that mean before Jesus came into existence, he was the word? Now, he is described as the word, not a literal word. Don't think it's like a like the word the or something like that. It's just meaning he is truth. He is the source of everything. But that ultimate creator has decided to come down as a human, not losing his divinity, but taking on a second nature, a human nature, while still remaining fully divine, fully God. All right, Beck, we're going to need you to sing the song again for us, and then we're going to pray. Okay. You can do the actions along with it. <laughs> um, all by him, all things were created. so good the actions will be helpful for us to remember the words so thanks for that back appreciate it 
All right, let's pray together. How many of can you pray for us? Yes. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for another day that we can just go over a segment, a song of the week, where we just take take our time and just thoroughly search your word and study the context of it. And Lord, you are you're amazing and we could never truly comprehend your greatness or your kindness or your mercy or just anything in general, even your wrath, Lord. We thank you so much for showing kindness to us and setting us apart for your glory. Lord, we ask for help as we continue on to have chats or wherever anybody else is in the world today. May we just continue pressing on for your glory and may we just hold nothing tight to this world and may we just eagerly await your return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Harmony. If you guys agree with her prayer, please say amen in the chat. And we're about to go on to the virtual streets of Amigo. Okay, here we go. 39,000 people on Amigo. These birds are really epic. Have you guys ever seen them? I wonder if they're only in Australia, but they're rainbow lorikeets. They're really awesome looking birds. Rainbow lorikeets. Uh, let me let me know if you've ever seen them before. Okay, here we go. Let's jump into a chat on Amigo. Oh, hello. Hey. How you doing? Oh my God, you're actually on here. There's no way. Are you real? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, are you real? I'm real. I'm real. No, you're lying. Lift up your right hand. <laughs> Right, here we go. But... Oh, oh, oh my God! I see you. Oh my God! I'm gonna cry. No, I'm not. No, I'm not gonna cry. Anyways, I'm, I'm being. Sorry, can Sorry. I ask you? Um, yeah, you're a Christian yourself. Yes. Awesome, awesome. So, do you think you'll go to heaven? No. No. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's all right. Why don't Why don't you think you'll go to heaven? Uh, cause I've been very uh, shaky with my relationship with God, and it's kind of my fault. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause would you say that if God looked at your life and He judged you based on what you've done, would you say that you deserve heaven or hell? Hell. Yeah. So I think that's a that's actually a good thing to remember that we deserve hell based on how we've lived because we've all sinned. No. Yep. Yep. So what do you think you could do at this point so that you don't get sent to hell? I would have to go to Jesus. Yeah. And what about Jesus? Um, he died for us. Yeah. And what does that mean then for you? That I get my sins forgiven. Right. Because if he takes 100% of your sins, 100% of your punishment, how much punishment is left for you to get? Zero. Right. So then if you don't have to go to hell anymore, where do you get to go to? Heaven. Right. So why do you get to go to heaven? Because of Jesus. Right. So not because you've got a great relationship with God, not because you're good enough, but only because Jesus died for you. Do you see that? Yeah. yeah. But you just need to accept that gift simply by trusting in your mind that he's already died for everything bad you've done. Do you see? Yeah. So what if you trust that today and then do five more sins tomorrow and then you died? Would you go to heaven or hell? 
Okay. With Jesus, though, do you think he only died for your past sins or also your future sins too? Future sins too. Right, which means those five sins are already paid for if you're still trusting in him. So where would you end up? Heaven. Yeah. Making sense? Yeah. But what if you don't trust that he died for your sins? Where would you go? I'll go to hell. Yeah, and since you definitely don't want to go to hell, when should you start trusting that he died for your sins? Now? Yeah, it's from this moment on. you got no time like the present, right? And yeah. you don't know when you're going to die. So if you stood before God today and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? Because of your son. Yes. Good answer. Exactly. Because Jesus died for your sins, for my sins. And so are you going to believe that from today, that that's the reason why you'll go to heaven? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yes. I mean, like, I've always thought, like, that's why. But, like, I don't know. Have you really? Because think about it, a moment ago. You thought it was because you needed a good relationship with God. Right? And yeah. you were thinking that you haven't been de maybe devoting enough time to God recently, so you didn't think you were going to heaven. So you actually thought it was based on your behavior then. Do you see? Yeah. Right. But it's not your behavior. So get rid of that idea that it's based on your performance and simply trust in what Christ did as the, the only basis of why you go to heaven. And so yeah. then out of 100, how sure are you right now that you'll go to heaven when you die? Uh, 99%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he didn't just die for 99% of your sins, did he? It was 100% yeah, of your sins. So that means you can be 100% sure if your trust is in him. But what if, um, so then does doing good things have any part in getting you into heaven? Um, no, because it's like solely off of him, right? Good answer. Good answer. You're getting but, like. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do good things, right? Correct, correct. Like, otherwise, if you didn't do good things, then you wouldn't be following his commandments, right? Right. But just, but following his commandments doesn't get us to heaven, though, remember? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We but it's like you're doing it. You're not, like, you're not doing, you're not doing good because of the fact that you're going to get to go to heaven. Because you're going to heaven because of him, but you're doing good things because you love him. Like yeah. you're You got yeah. it. Exactly. You love him and you're thankful to him that he's already died on the cross to pay for your sin. Yeah. So what if a friend said to you, I think I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Would that friend go to heaven or hell? Um, like, like, like if they were like, like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, they think, hey, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. So where would they go? Um. Because they think because they're a good person? Yeah. Um, based off of my beliefs, I guess they wouldn't. Right. Because are they trusting in Jesus to go to heaven or are they trusting in themselves? Uh, so. Yeah, which means they don't have Jesus dying for them. So they have to pay for their own sin and that would send them to hell, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're a, bit, you're a bit unsure about that one or you would you agree? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, because remember, <laughs> it, standard to heaven's perfection. Does any, of us, does any of us deserve heaven then? No. No. So therefore it must be based not on our good deeds or our goodness, but based on Jesus. 
who was perfect. Let's say then you had another friend who said to you, I think I'm going to heaven because of two reasons. First reason is because Jesus died for me. And the second reason is because I think I'm a good person. Where would they end up? Mm, hell, because they're like basing it off of, they're not doing it 100% because of him. Yeah, so, good answer. They think it's 50-50. 50% Jesus, 50% themselves. They end up in hell. And so think back at the beginning of this conversation. What did you think was going to get you into heaven? Uh, I mean, I always thought it was because of him, but like, I just, I struggle with just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I always have to be like perfect and stuff like that. So. Right. Cause I, I think you, that. cause I think you thought it was based on your performance. You thought it was, how's my relationship with God going? How, how many sins have I done recently? Right. So yeah. you were actually still trusting in yourself. So if you had died before this conversation started, where would you have ended up? Probably in the hill. Right. But if you died this very moment, where would you go? Uh, I would have went to heaven. Sorry if you can hear the baby. That's fine. That's all good. Yeah. That would make this conversation a big turning point in your life, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. And as a result, this does make you want to be obedient. This does make you want to pray and read your Bible, not to get to heaven, but because you're grateful to Jesus for what he's done for you. Yeah. Now, do you read your Bible very much? I haven't been reading it, no. Yeah, well, I would encourage you to start getting into the habit of doing it because do you eat yeah. food every day? Yeah. Right. And you know you need the food for your for your physical body, and so you need your spiritual food every day, um, which is your Bible reading, to sustain you in your faith. So maybe yeah. say to yourself this, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. Or no book, no bacon. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, it's hard to like, that's what I mean. It's like, I've been just struggling. I don't know. Like, I've been, like, I've been going backwards. Because, like, I was, I like, I kind of stopped believing in him and stuff like that okay. at one point. And then yeah. I came back. And I felt like I was still struggling, but, like, at least I was, like, depending on him. Yeah. And so... Like, low-key, sometimes I didn't, like, kind of feel him. So then I would kind of, like, you know, go outside and i start crying and be like, where you at? But, like, no, I like, I knew he was there, but I just, like, I because I, like, I knew he was there, but I just couldn't feel him. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's of, always there. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we f so much feel God because God's not a feeling. <laughs> we can just know that he's there because, look, the universe can't make itself. There must be a creator for it. So we know we know God's real on that basis. Right, just like yeah. you know, my house can't disappear out of nowhere. It's got to have a builder for the for the house, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then, less base your faith on feelings, and more so base your faith on facts. Of I know God's real because of the universe, and how God speaks to me then is through His written word, the Bible. And so I'm gonna go and get into that every single yeah. day and so do you think you're willing to kind of discipline yourself to get into it every day uh yes yeah yeah i yeah. just struggle with it i mean i tried and then i kind of like yeah but, but i think maybe yeah. but notice you don't struggle with eating food every day do you oh uh, no right 
you don't mm-hmm. struggle with you know doing looking at your phone probably every day oh no yeah no right so think yeah. so basically tie in those things that you already do every day like maybe eating food or looking at your phone and say i'm not going to do those things until i've read my bible first every day yeah. and just set that as a rule yeah. Yeah, and either you'll right. be either you'll be foodless, you, you'll be starving yourself every day, or you'll be won't looking at your phone every day, or you'll be reading your Bible every day before you look at your yeah. phone and eat food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Start in John. John's a good good place to begin. Read at least a chapter daily. That's now, the that's the New story Testament. Of yeah. It's the one of Jesus, right? Correct. Yep. So it's a good biography of his life, what he said, what he did. Now think of your family and friends. If you were to ask them why they think they'll go to heaven, what do you think their answer would be? Because uh, they're good? Right. So if they died today then, then where are they currently going? Going to burn in hell. No, I'm playing outside. Yeah, they're going to go to hell. Right. So what could you do to help them not go there? Um, I could help them go to God. Yeah, and then what would you tell them? I don't know. Okay. Well, think about what you've learned in this conversation. What would what is the reason why you get to go to heaven even though you deserve hell? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus died for our sins. So you can communicate to them showing that if God is to judge us based on our own life, we should be in hell. Every lie sends us to hell, and we've told many lies. Anytime you've right. disrespected someone, anytime you've lusted, deserve hell. But yeah. Jesus is the one who lived perfectly and was willing to take that punishment on your behalf if you'd believe in him. Yeah. So you could share that with your family and friends, don't you think? Yeah. But, like, how do you, like, do it without like forcing it onto someone. I'd say by doing it as a conversation. So rather than just being like, let me tell you some things, you do it as, hey, let me hear you. I want to hear your thoughts on this. And so you ask them questions and you guide them along, just like we did in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I just like, you know, I don't really want to like force it on anyone. But like at the same time, like, you know, yeah. It's like if you if you saw that your neighbor's house was on fire. You wouldn't say, oh, look, I don't want to force it on them. I don't want to knock on their door and let them know their house is on fire. Yeah, you do, because you don't want them to, to die in the fire. And so mm-hmm. compassion for the lost can help us to have that <laughs> confidence and boldness to just start these conversations and lovingly share the good news with people. Right, yeah. So, like, yeah, hear, yeah. Isn't it? huh? it's what people need to hear. Right. Yeah, just like without shoving it down their throat. Because then I feel like if you shove it down their throat, they don't. Nobody's gonna want to really listen to you. Yeah, and what I've done, I've got, I've made a video on our YouTube channel called "Common Analogies for Gospel Conversations." I think you're gonna find that helpful to know how to um, lovingly share the gospel with people, but also how to respond to questions and objections that people have as you're speaking with them. So mm-hmm. do check that out. It's on the Need God. Dot net uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. So I have a question. Go for it. Uh, have you always been a Christian? I don't think anyone's ever born a Christian because you're not born believing in Jesus. 
you have to be told that information and then you choose to believe it. For myself, that happened about the age of 15. And I, how it happened is by reading through the New Testament, right through the entire New Testament, saw my sinfulness. I saw how Jesus was the, the way, the truth, the life. And from that point on is when I came to trust in Christ. Yeah. How do you like, like, how do you know, though, like between like all the religions? And yeah, stuff? that's a great question. Well, in all the other religions, they don't have someone who's willing to die for your sins. And so if you don't have Jesus dying for your sins, who would pay for your sins then? Mm. Yeah, yourself. You'd get your own punishment, and that would send you to where? Hell. Yeah. So do you see why? It's obvious why Christianity is the only one that's this is the one we should believe, because it's the only one that's going to help us. It's the only one who can, only religion that has a savior who died for our sins. The others don't have that. They they just hope that if they do more good things than bad things, hopefully they'll just be let off for the bad things they've done. But just like in society, if a criminal has done 10 crimes, but he's also done 11 good things, would the judge just let him go free? No. No. So oh, yeah. He would, the judge wouldn't yeah. let him go free. Doing 11 good things doesn't get rid of the 10 oh, yeah, crimes right, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Same thing with yeah. God. Doing good doesn't fix the sins that we've done. Yeah. That's why there's no hope in Islam, no hope in Buddhism, Hinduism, because they've got no savior. Yeah. And that's, yeah, why I, yeah. that's why I like to share this good news with them so they can understand the amazing truth about how there is a way of salvation through Jesus. But I mean, I feel like all like all the religions really just think the same thing of like, this one doesn't have any hope, the other one doesn't have any hope and stuff like that. But they don't. Literally in the other religions, they've, they don't have a, a person who can take the punishment. Right, In Christianity, yeah. they do. We do. So just looking at it from objective, like logical kind of point of view, one has a savior, the others don't. So it's like if you are jumping out of an aeroplane, someone offers you a parachute, but then someone else offers you saying, no, I don't need the parachute. Just hold on to this bag. This bag, this will be fine. Just hold on to that. That'll save you from the jump. You know that out of those two choices, which one's going to, which one can actually save you? Mm, the parachute. Yeah. The bag's not going to help you. The parachute will. And so that is why you see Islam, you see Buddhism, you're like, what are they offering me? They're just offering me rules, but they're not offering me a savior who can save me from the punishment I know I deserve for breaking all of these rules. Why is it so serious to God, like the sins? I mean, I mean, some sins, like I, like I get it, like they're serious, but like, for example, like lies, like it could be like a tiny lie. Yeah, it's because it's coming from a heart of rebellion. So, like, if I was in your house and you set the house rules for me, and I said, look, I'm not going to obey your house rules. I'm going to do whatever I want inside of your house. Even if I'm only kind of violating rules that aren't that serious that you have, because I'm saying I don't want to keep your rules, I'm going to do whatever I want. You're going to feel greatly offended, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing when we sin. We're in God's house, God's universe. He gives us rules. He blesses us with life and food and air and sunshine. 
and we say, God, I don't want to live your way. I'm going to do exactly opposite to what you tell me to do. And that's an attitude yeah. of rebellion, which God is greatly offended um, by us doing that. And therefore, he says, eternity in hell is what you deserve for that. Right, yeah. I feel like also, because even if it is like a small sin, I feel like it's also because they develop into something bigger. too. Yeah, sins hurt people. Even if you're just lying to someone, you're still deceiving them. You're betraying their trust. It's not good. Yeah. And hell also will last forever. It's because in hell... <coughs> People aren't going to be loving God there as they ought to. They're still going to be hating God and being angry at him. And so, therefore, they'll be continually sinning against God in hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we want to share this message with, with the world. Hey. What do you think about reincarnation? Yeah, I don't think there's any good reason to think reincarnation is true because we've got no memory of any previous lives. And also, secondly... The population of the earth isn't staying the same. It should be if someone dies and they go into a new body, but instead the population's going up and up and up. And if you don't have any memory of any previous lives, it'd be pointless to come back because what's the point of coming back if you can't know what mistakes you made in the last life? You can't improve then. And plus it would mean then people are getting away with what they've done because punishment only works if you know that you're getting punished and what you're getting punished for. So this is why yeah. it makes much more sense that God has a place of punishment, which is hell, and people are fully aware of why they're in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I'm sorry, I'm like asking so many questions. This is great, great questions. Did... They're interesting. <laughs> uh, so why did God like create hell? Yeah, because it's a demonstration of His justice. Same reason, why did the government create jails? Because those who break the law need to be punished somewhere, and that shows that they're actually not letting the guilty get away with their horrible actions that they've done on this earth. And so God right. creates a hell for that very purpose, so that we can say, wow, God, you're so just. You're not letting any sinner get away with any of their sins. Praise you, God, for your place of punishment. But then praise you, God, that you saved me who should be in hell as well through right. you saved me through what christ did um i saw somewhere that it was like originally made for like demons and stuff like that matthew 25 jesus does say that when he's talking about the sheep and the goats he says depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels now the reason why it says that is because they were the first ones who sinned they sinned even before humans sinned and so God had already created a hell at that point. As soon as Satan sinned, he made a hell, which he was then going to send Satan. He hasn't sent him there yet, but he's going to send him there on judgment day. But now that humans have sinned, that same place of punishment is the place where humans will go if they don't have so, Christ. So it wasn't even so it wasn't intended for us until well, we sinned. Well, just like. Yeah, if we, if we hadn't sinned, then there's no need for any human to go to hell. But because we now have sinned, that's why it makes sense that hell is designed for us to, for humans yeah. who don't have forgiveness. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, have you ever, like, converted someone? Because, like, I know you'd be talking to people on here. <laughs> 
hey, God converts people. I sow the seed. I share the message of the gospel, and they, um, some choose to reject it, but others, many of them come to faith or profess faith in Christ. And therefore, yeah, I give God the glory. It's not me. I'm I'm just an ordinary person, but it's it's God through his spirit who works on people's hearts and minds and he converts. And so even in this conversation, if you're now trusting that it's only what Christ did that saves you, technically today was the day you've become a Christian. You might have called yourself a Christian before, but you weren't really a Christian because you weren't trusting in Christ alone to get you into heaven. I feel like at one point I was, and then I started being like, I started like, I guess spiraling. I don't know. Like I kind of started, I was trusting in him 100%, but then I started doubting. And then it went downhill from there. Yeah. But did you think it was kind of like you need to ask for forgiveness and have a relationship with God to go to heaven? I think I think my problem was um, like, I think right now, I think it's because like I kept sinning and then I felt so guilty. And then and ultimately I ended up like, I felt so like, uh, like, um, I felt so like, um, what's the word? I don't know. I just did, like, you know how you're supposed to like repent and stuff like that? I felt like I felt so like, like embarrassed because like okay. I like was doing so bad. So I didn't like, I didn't go repent. And then I'm like, is that pride? Because I'm not doing it. But I like it's not because I'm like I feel prideful or anything. It's just because I feel so embarrassed. Okay. Like, so we should <laughs> realize that our sin is bad, and sin brings shame and guilt. But remember, our acceptance before God is—it's not because we're good enough. We accepted before God because of Christ, and so we can bring our sins before God. But just remember this. Well, let me ask you this. Actually, does somebody have to ask for forgiveness to go to heaven? Um, like that's the thing that gets you into heaven. As in, yeah, like does someone need to do it to go to heaven? Mm, no. Yes, yeah. I don't know. You're like, yeah, not sure. Okay. Well, asking forgiveness is a prayer to God, right? It's when you pray to God, and praying to God is a good work that God calls us to do. We are called to pray every day. But do we go to heaven by the good deeds that we do, the good things that we do? Uh, no. No. And so since asking forgiveness is a prayer, would you need to ask for forgiveness to go to heaven? You said what? So since asking forgiveness is a prayer to God, would you need to ask for forgiveness to go to heaven? No. No, exactly. So it's still good to do, but that plays no part in salvation. Because repent doesn't mean ask forgiveness. That's not what the word repent means in the Bible. In the Bible, the word repent means to change your mind. So you used to reject Christ, but now you've repented. That means you've changed your mind to no longer reject Christ, to now trust in him to save you. That's that change of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what about people that like... They say they like believe in Christ and stuff like that, and they trust in Him, but then they like keep sinning. Yeah. 
well, that's everyone still sins. Every true Christian still sins. But our attitude yeah. towards sin is that we don't want to. Like, we want we want um, to fight like, it. Yeah, but what about like if they do it? They're doing it like purposefully. Yeah. In in some sense as well, every true Christian will purposely sin in some way. In the sense that we oh. knew it was wrong to lust, but we may have still given into it at some stage. That's a purposeful sin then. Yeah. But, but um, what I'll say is our general attitude towards sin will be, I hate it. I don't want to do it anymore because I love Jesus. He died for me. And we're <laughs> going to be fighting sin and getting better at resisting it as each day goes on. But those people who claim, oh, yeah, I'm saved, but I can just do whatever I want. I don't care less about what Jesus commands me to do in terms of how I should live. They're people who don't really believe in Jesus. They're faking it. Because they, they, they don't feel like guilty and stuff. It's that, yeah, they haven't had the change of attitude towards sin, which would imply that they don't have trust in what Christ did to save them. Mm. Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. it. And so for yourself, are you going to be trying to now flee from sin and try and live the way God wants you to from this point on? Yeah, I'm going to try. Trying my best. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be perfect, but the reason why we do it is not as a way to get accepted to heaven, but because we are already accepted. We do it out of love and gratitude to God. Right. What about people that um, they're like Christian and stuff, but they don't like forgive people? Yeah, we should. We are called to forgive. Now we're going to not do that perfectly, and sometimes we may struggle to do that. But we are we are called to forgive. And so it could be if someone's always just holding on to grudges, never willing to forgive, that could be evidence that they don't really trust in Christ. Or it could just be if they're struggling in that a little bit, but they're slowly getting victory over over that sin of unforgiveness, that could mm-hmm. just be God's God working on them and sanctifying them. Right. Cause like, you know, like God or like, you know, like Jesus and stuff, like he died for us, like he forgave us. But then what if there's, like, someone, like, you know, they believe that, but then, like, they don't, like, forgive other people and stuff. When, but he, like, forgave them type of thing. Like, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, Jesus says we should forgive others. Absolutely. We're called to. Doesn't mean you're going to do that perfectly, though. We're going to struggle sometimes right. with that, but we ought to. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what about, like, homosexuality? Like, what's... Yeah. The Bible says that that practicing homosexuality is a sin, just like any sort of sex outside of marriage between a husband and wife is also sinful. Yeah. But there's forgiveness. So we don't hate homosexuals. We love them. We care about them. And we offer the hope of the gospel to them, that there is forgiveness for them if they would come to trust in Christ. And when they do trust in Christ, they'll want to seek to live God's way just like we do. Yeah. So, um, um, hold on. I'm just thinking about a question. Sorry. That's right. So, what's it called? Why do so many people not, why do like so many people like not like Jesus? 
Like, I'm kind of, I don't know, because I feel like he's not done anything wrong, and I feel like some people don't like him. So true. Jesus explains why. Because people love the darkness rather than the light. Jesus says, like the, light, said, the light has come into the world. People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Yeah. That's why. What, um, what's it called? Um, what Have you ever, like, researched any other, like, religions? Yeah. I'm familiar with uh, all the other religions, and that's why I was able to tell you that they don't have a saviour. They've got no one willing to pay for their sins. They're hoping that their good deeds outweigh their bad and hoping that God will be basically unjust and ignore their sin, which isn't going to yeah. work. Yeah. But you, like, um, what's it called? Back, oh, back to homosexuality. Uh, yeah. Uh, why do, I feel like, Sir, like, I feel like there's, like, people like Christians, for example, like, that pick at that sin specifically and, like, kind of judge others for that and stuff. Like, they really, like, like, they really pick at it, but they don't, like, do the same thing with any other sin. That's a really, that's a, that's a good point. And I think it can be unhelpful if we only focus on one particular sin and not the, all the other sins that the Bible speaks about. And I think... Yeah we need to be very quick to offer the hope of the gospel to people because Christianity is not just about rules. It's about the solution to that, the fact that we've broken those rules, and that's Jesus. So I think I'm not, some Christians may have it as a big hobby horse that they really focus on, but other Christians not so much. But the world seems to think that Christians talk about it a lot because the world asks Christians all the time about what they think of it. Mm. And so it's the world trying to get the Christians to talk about it all the time. When Christians aren't necessarily bringing it up themselves, it's the world just asking them about it. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, what was I going to ask? How do you, ex like, because whenever I didn't believe in God, I kind of just, kind of just like started believing in him again but like sometimes like i don't know i'm like is he like like real and stuff like which i feel like is a bad thing to do because i'm like downing him and stuff like that but would you ever doubt the existence of the person who built your house no no and why not because the house is here right you can't exist unless someone built it right yeah. And so would you ever then doubt the existence of the one who made the universe? Mm. There's no need to, right? Because the but, universe could not exist unless there's a creator for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, why would you think, like, the Big Bang, like, you know, like, the Big Bang Theory? Yep. Of, like, how everything just... Like, you know, kind of came to be from like an explosion or something like that. Like, well, the Big Bang just it? describes the coming into being of the universe, but the Big right. Bang doesn't go against God. The Big Bang just it shows that the universe had a beginning, and so therefore it had a beginning, it needs to have a creator. Mm. 
The Big Bang still needs something to make it. So it backs up the need for a God. Right, 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 right. So it just kind of shows how he kind of created it, I guess. Yeah, and and that's why scientists who look at how the universe works, look at the origin of the universe, a lot of them say, yeah, there would have to be something that's so powerful that created the universe and personal. And so rather than science getting rid of God, science is just fully in support of God. Yeah, so what about... Because I've seen some people say, like, if there's, like, a creator for the universe and stuff, then who created the creator? Yeah. Well, it's only, things that, need a be- it's only things that have a beginning that need a creator. If something doesn't have a beginning, it doesn't need a creator for itself. And so because God is the maker of space and time, he's outside of time. If he's outside of time, he never has a beginning. Okay. He just always exists. So he's kind of outside of that stuff, like... That's like basically stuff that are possible to us and makes sense to us. He's kind of outside of that because he's God. Yeah, so he's outside of the universe. It would have to be to in order yeah. to make the universe. It'd have to be beyond the universe. So he's outside of space and time, and therefore always exists, and so needs no creator for himself. Yeah. So sometimes I question as to why, like, why God would like why he would like if there's like so many messed up people in this world and stuff like because there really is like why would he send somebody like as god like you're seeing horrible things happen me to be honest i probably would have wiped everybody out just kidding anyways but well he did during the flood he wiped out everyone except noah and his family right oh yeah and the, the flood yeah yeah but god's patient he's far more patient than we would be so yeah. patient we would have been so frustrated with humans that we we would have wiped out everyone a long time ago. But God is so patient and kind, and he's offering salvation. Yeah. But just remember, it's not just other people that are the problem. It's ourselves. We're, we're part of the problem. We're sinners. Oh, no, yeah, that's real. Yeah. And so this should just make you thank God for his amazing mercy shown to you, that you should be in eternal hell, yet he saved you anyway. Like, I, don't, I really, like, I don't know. I feel like my mind can't really comprehend as to, like, we, like, as humans in general, like, we kind of suck. Ugh. So, like, I don't know why he would, like, have so much, like, mercy and, like, love for us. Because that's what mercy people. is. Mercy is, un. it's basically not getting what you do deserve. It's undeserved. So, therefore... Yeah. God's not saying, hey, humans, you look so amazing and you're just so good. I want to show you mercy. No, no, no. He's like, humans, you've been horrible. You've rebelled against me. You, sh- you do deserve eternal hell. But I'm going to show you kindness and love and mercy. And this is available through my son dying for your sins. And so that then just shows the incredible love of God. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be praising like, God for eternity for, for his amazing love shown to us. Yeah, I feel like um, if I was God, I would have been tired of everybody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I don't know. I would not have had the patience. Do you, do you praise God that God has shown you kindness, even though you know you should be in hell? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make you do – does that make you – want to do anything for god now 
Yeah, every day. It really, yeah, it really does. Cause... And that's going to help you get into your Bible daily. That's going to help you to not um, be tempted to swear, to lie, to look at things you shouldn't look at. Because you're like, I love Jesus. He died for me. I don't want to now displease him by breaking his rules. Yeah, you're right. It's just a struggle. Though. Like, you know, cursing, I have such a big, <laughs> I have such a big problem with not swearing. And like, forgiveness to other people, I feel like I struggle yeah. with that. Actually, no. It's actually just with one person I really struggle with. Okay. Well, just know that if God has been able to forgive you and you've sinned so much against him, then whoever's done anything bad to you, that's so small in comparison to what you've done to God. So let that be the motivation to forgive that person. You know, sometimes I think about like that, <laughs> that sometimes I like whenever I would read the the story of Jesus, like when I was younger and like Judas, I used to be like, Ugh, I don't like Judas. He kind of sucks. Like why would he betray God? But then I feel like now that I'm older, I kind of realize that we're all Judas. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Bye. We've all betrayed God. We've all done horrible, horribly wicked things. That man went back to the queen second thing. That's crazy. Ugh. Anyways, but oh yeah, like whenever Judas like he threw the or I mean he gave the money back to the to the what are they called? Yeah, the, chief, called? the Jewish religious leaders. Yeah, yeah, like he gave them back like the money and stuff like that. Hmm. But then um because he he was trying to like he kind of regretted it and stuff and i like i noticed the flaw in that is the fact that he went to go do that instead of going to jesus himself and ask for forgiveness yeah that's the thing is that he wasn't willing to humble himself to the point of saying i need salvation from christ he Uh, was like now i feel so guilty i'm going to try to return the money but that doesn't fix it you've already betrayed jesus he's already he's in custody and he couldn't do anything to fix it. He didn't want to humble himself and embrace the good news. Yeah. Um. What's it called? So. Um. I sometimes I question like, what's the point of life? <laughs> like, really, honestly, like, I don't like why. Like, even if all like, not even if, because it is true. Uh, like for me, you know, it is true. Like, you know, I, God's real. Like, He did all of this stuff. But like, it's like, why though? Why did all this stuff happen? For the glory of God. So that God will be glorified. Because think of it this way. If there was no fall of humanity, there'd be no need for Jesus to die for our sins. And if Jesus doesn't die for our sins, we don't see the love of God on full display. So God's allowed all this to happen so that God's love will be magnified. His justice will be shown by throwing people into hell. And also his power is displayed by the fact that he's made an amazingly large universe and beautiful universe. So God's attributes is fully on display through whatever's happened in this earth. Yeah. That's why he did God doesn't, um, God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, right? Well, in one sense, he tells us in scriptures, he says, you know, that the gospel is available to anyone. If they would hear it and believe it, they could be saved. But in another sense, if God did want everyone into heaven, he could easily just make everyone go to heaven. Simple as that, by applying the sacrifice of Jesus to everyone's account. So he doesn't ultimately want everyone into heaven because it says in Romans 9.22, he wants to show wrath. If everyone was saved, then then God can't display his wrath. He can't display his justice. Right. It says, 
What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured much patience and vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't really be good to also, if he didn't have like a sense of like justice. Right. Because then like so many people would get away with so many things. Yeah, that, are, like, and that would be horrible. That would be a horrible society if, if the judges let everyone go free. Yeah, like, because yeah. I don't know, I feel like, like, I used to think, like, why would he let people go to hell and stuff like that? But then I kind of realized that it's kind of, Did like, you know that? Did you know that in heaven, it says in Isaiah 66 that we're going to be able to even see those in hell, potentially at different times, and be able to see them and see the suffering they're going through, and that's going to make us praise God for his justice being poured out upon them. Mm. If you look through the book of Revelation, the word hallelujah is mentioned quite a few times, and it's usually used in connection with, hallelujah means praise be to God. It, what It's usually used in connection with praise you, God, for your judgments. Praise you, mm. God, that you're punishing the wicked. So when so God's not ashamed of hell. That's a it's a full demonstration of his justice. And so we'll be praising God for that as well in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hey, good questions you've you've got. Uh, my name's Ryan, by the way. What was your name? You don't mind. Oh, I knew your name, but oh, you know, you <laughs> my, know my name. name. Okay. Yeah, I've seen you. Yeah. But, well, sorry, what I've was your name? You. Sophia. Sophia. Oh, nice to meet you, Sophia. Have you ever seen our YouTube live that we do? Sometimes, yes. Cool. Yeah, you should check it out. It's encouraging, like, listening in to chats that we get to have. And you can also ask questions and stuff like that in the live chat. But I'm glad that yeah. you've been able to ask all these questions in this conversation. Yep. Yeah. Do you go I to church? I was okay. going. And then I kind of stopped. Yeah. What kind of church were you going to? Um, I was just going to a church on my, like, one of my, the only Christian girl I knew. Okay. I went to her church, but it was, um, I think, I think it was, I don't know. I don't know if it was a Baptist or Protestant. I mean, I know that's, I think Baptist is Protestant. Yeah, but I think it was some yeah. Protestants. Yeah, nice. But I don't yeah. think, I don't think I'm a Protestant, though. Well, I would say a Protestant usually depends how people define it, but Protestant usually is if you're not Catholic or not Orthodox, you're a Protestant. That's basically. I feel like yeah. I feel like I think I feel like I feel like I want to. I feel like I'm more like leaning towards Orthodox. Okay, what makes you say lean to an Orthodox? Or yeah, why? Uh, I don't. I'm not really sure. I just feel like the stuff they like teach. I don't really know. I feel like I can. Okay, have you just seen some videos or something? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, and like the thing, like I don't know. I just kind of like, I feel like that's how I, not how I would, but like I don't know. I've just seen like videos of like people explaining it and stuff like that. So yeah. Orthodox Church believes that your good deeds play a part in earning your way into heaven. So do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Um, no, no, no. No, because otherwise you're rejecting the gospel if you think you've got to work your way to heaven. Mm, you're thinking yeah. that Jesus didn't do everything needed. That you'd... Heaven would be would cease to be a gift if you had to work your way there. 
Right. And so therefore, you don't want to align yourself with the Orthodox or Catholic churches because they, they teach salvation by works, not by faith alone in Christ. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, if you go to the Orthodox Church, they'll you have all these statues there of Mary and other people, and they go up and bow down to them. They kiss these statues. Like, that seems like idolatry. Yeah. Like if you went past your car and kissed your car every time you walked by it and bowed down to it, you'd say, oh, I'm, I'm worshipping my car. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, don't mm-hmm. don't get kind of deceived and in going into, like, a bad church. There are a lot of bad churches yeah. out there. Churches that teach right. salvation by your works um, are bad churches. So then does someone have to get baptized to go to heaven? Um... That doesn't get them into heaven, no. Right, exactly. It's not a requirement to go to heaven. Just like a thief on the cross didn't get baptized, but he went to heaven. Oh, yeah, you're right. Both Catholic and Orthodox churches think that you do. And so that's another way in which they're trusting in their works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help yeah. clarify that? Yeah. Good. So I'm I would recommend, I'm... usually like a Baptist church is usually pretty good. Um, so maybe yeah. find one. Go back. Maybe go with your friend, your Christian friend that you have. And it's just cool to be part of a church because then you get to be with other believers and hear God's word being preached. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any more questions. Cool. Well, it's great meeting you. And yeah, Sophia, get into your Bible daily and hold on to trusting in Jesus. Don't never go back to works or anything else. Just what Jesus did that saves. And I look right. forward to seeing you up in heaven. Yep. Thank cool. you. God bless you. You have a nice day. Thank you. God See bless you. you. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a great chat there uh, with Sophia. Lots of wonderful questions. She had really good questions. Uh, there was a follow-up question in from Lonk in the chat. So are, are Catholics and Orthodox going to hell, Lonk is asked? Depends what they're trusting in. Some people may attend a Roman Catholic Church or Orthodox Church and they, they reject their church's teachings about salvation. They don't think it's their works. They think they, they don't you don't have to get baptized to be saved. They think it's Christ alone, faith alone in him. And they can be those people will be going to heaven if they believe that. But for those that do believe the official teachings of the Catholic and Orthodox churches, they won't be going to heaven because they think it's partly their works that save them. Yeah, that was a great chat. Really cool. Thank you for your encouragement there, Madison and and Cutter, uh, Brandy and others. That's so cool. Let's hit the encouragement button and we'll get another chat started. And Brandy, you said, can I set up a time to talk? Yeah. Sure. We can set up a time. In fact, I'm about to have another chat on Amigo. If you put one of the tags and you might connect but let's hit the encouragement button there is now a hope that lasts beyond our days for the one that once was buried lives again now the tomb is bare and empty and the stone is rolled away praise the risen one who overcame the grave
Silly Goose asked, aren't Lutherans close to Baptists as well? Lutherans have can kind of usually they, 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 this Lutherans think that baptism is also a requirement for salvation, and so they're not similar to Baptists then. Because if they think baptism is a requirement, it ceases to be salvation by grace through faith alone. Baptism's good. You do it as a way of declaring your faith, but you never think, you should never think that it's a requirement to be saved. Yeah. What denomination are you, Long said? I just label myself as a Bible-believing Christian. Christian is the label I apply to myself. I attend a local Presbyterian church, but I don't call myself a Presbyterian. Instead, I just call myself a Christian. But if someone is looking for a church, and they're like, which one should I, where, what church should I go to? I usually recommend going into Google, Google Maps, typing Baptist Church, and you'll find there that, at least some suggestions. Maybe not all the ones that come up are going to be good, but check the individual website the church's website to see what they teach and then it can give you some selections of churches. Noah said, would a Bible-believing Christian mean Protestant? Yeah, a lot of people just don't know what Protestant means, but that is usually what word Protestant means. You don't, you're not Catholic, you're not Orthodox, you trust what the Bible says, you believe in faith alone, in Christ alone, that's what the word Protestant means. Is repentance a work? No. What is repentance? Repentance is not, it's not about asking forgiveness. It's not about stopping sin. Repentance is the change of mind from unbelief to belief in Jesus. And it will result in a change of actions. But since it's a change of mind, it's not physical things, so therefore it's not a work. Is saying good luck a sin? I would recommend, like, good luck is, when you say good luck, you're not saying that there is something called luck. Usually people just say it as a way of saying, I hope it goes well for you. So therefore, I don't think it's actually a sin. It would only become sinful if you actually thought luck was a real thing. Okay, as I said, I want to do another chat. Um, I'll do one more question. I'll do Brandon's question, Brandy's question. How do Jews get into heaven if they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah? Unfortunately, they don't if they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. Jesus said to the Jews of his day that if you reject me, you will die in your sins, meaning they'll go to hell. Being God's chosen people doesn't mean they're automatically saved. They need faith in Jesus Christ to be saved. Now, Jews in the Old Testament, how, how were they saved? By faith in the coming Messiah who is going to die for their sins, which the prophets talked about. All right, let's do this. We'll get more questions uh, answered a bit later. And good to have you guys here. Welcome. We'll do more questions later. Lord, save this next person. Hey there. What's up, dude? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Sir. What do you think happens to us after we die? Uh, in my belief... We go to heaven. Yeah, I would. I would one hundred percent agree with you. Do you think that you're going to go to heaven? Yeah, I do. I've been born and raised in church, and I confess my sins to God. 
nice. when I was nine. Oh, wow. Okay. And so would you say you're 100% certain then God will let you into heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you say if God was to judge you purely based on how you've lived, would you say that you deserve heaven or hell? No, I deserve hell completely. I'm right. terrible. Right, exactly. And so how can a person make sure they don't end up in hell? By committing their sins and just having a relationship with God. Pretty much they call it being saved. Okay. So you say confess your sins to God and have a relationship. Is that meaning like ask forgiveness or? or yeah, like ask forgiveness of your sins, repent. Okay. And then do you think that you've got to then pray, read your Bible and follow his rules? Well, you can stray off the path, but God wants you to stay on the path. Right. Now, in a court of law, if a criminal broke the law, said to the judge, judge, I did this serious crime, but I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Would the judge just let him go free? No. No. Same with God. It's good that we say sorry to him, but it doesn't actually make us innocent of our sins that we've done. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So then how could we get rid of the punishment we deserve? By being saved. Yep, which is by what? If it's not by asking forgiveness, because we just looked at that, that wouldn't get rid of our past sins. Is there any other way? I mean, God gives us his grace, a gift that we don't deserve. Yep. And how has he given us that grace? He just lives with us in our heart. Yep. But notice, because God is a just God, and so the sins that we deserve, the sins that we've done, we deserve a punishment for that. And that punishment will either be taken by us in hell forever, or it can be taken by someone who takes it on our behalf. Jesus on the cross. There you go. Exactly. So if Jesus takes 100% of your punishment on the cross, how much punishment is left for you? Zero. Right. So then if you don't have to go to hell anymore, where do you get to go to? You need to go to heaven. Right. So why do you get to go to heaven? Because Jesus died on the cross for us. Right. So not because you've confessed your sins, not because you've got a great yeah. relationship with God, but just because he died for your sins. That's the reason. Yeah. Now, he offers it as a gift. We just accept it by faith, by trusting that he's already done it for us. And so if you trust that he died for your sin today, but then you do five more sins tomorrow and then you died, would you go to heaven or hell? You'd go to heaven. Yeah, why still heaven? Why still heaven? Because, well, God forgives us of our sins, and Jesus took them all away. Good answer. That's the reason, because Jesus died for our past, present, and future sins. But if someone doesn't believe that, where do they end up? end up in hell, sadly. Right. And so if you stood before God today, and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? Jesus died on the cross for us. Yes, that's what you point to. Don't point to, I've asked forgiveness or I did this when I was young. No, you say, Jesus died for my sins. So does doing doing good things then have any part in getting you into heaven? Uh, Good works do not really have a part in getting into heaven. So if a friend said, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, would the friend go to heaven or hell? They'd go to hell if they didn't faith good answer they're trusting in self they end up in hell but what if another friend said i'm going to heaven because of two reasons the first reason is because jesus died for me the second reason is because i'm a good person where would he end up 
I think he'd end up in heaven, but it just depends if he really believes that Jesus died on the cross for a sense. Well, based on what he said, was he trusting only in Jesus to get him into heaven? Not really. No, he was thinking it's 50% Jesus, 50% himself. And so therefore, yeah, does he really believe that Jesus died for all of his sins? No. No, so where does he go? He goes to hell. Yeah. So basically, what truly trusting in Jesus is, is basically not just knowing the fact that Jesus died, but trusting that that's the only reason you're going to heaven, is because he died for you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now think back at the beginning of this conversation. What did you think were the reasons why you'd go to heaven? Because I confessed to my sins, but I mean, I knew that Jesus died for us. Yeah, took us but, all of our Yeah, yeah. But did you think that it was Jesus dying for you as the only basis of why you're going to heaven? Or did you think that your confessing of sins had a part in saving you? I mean, I thought that did have a part. Yeah. And so then that's still kind of trusting 50-50, isn't it? Yeah. And so if you had died trusting that, where would you have ended up? In hell. Right. But if you died this very moment, where would you go? In heaven. Yeah. Because Christ did everything needed. That's the beautiful news of the gospel, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some, people, read... some people just don't like the gospel at all. Like, so I was trying to trying to help people, and they're just like, the church is awful. They believe in <laughs> sexual assault. I, I don't know where he got that from. Wow. Yeah, some people, they just make up excuses for their rejection of God. Yeah. Because imagine that on Judgment yeah, Day. The person says, hey, God, I didn't believe in Christ because someone was doing something at a church. God's like, so what? How does that relate to your own sins? You sinned against yeah. God. You need you need punishment for that, and you rejected Christ for that reason. You know, there's yeah. when you put it in that perspective, their their arguments against God or against the gospel make no sense. Yeah, and so do you read your Bible much yourself? I do read my Bible. Yes, awesome. Every day, I try to do it every day. I try my best. Good on you, man. Keep that. Uh, I commend you to keep on getting into every day without fail. Maybe say to yourself, no Bible, no breakfast, no read, no feed. Yeah. That's true. So without hard. your Bible, you're starving. Yes, exactly. We we don't want to starve ourselves spiritually. We want, we want to be no. nourished every day. Yep. Now think about your family and friends. If you ask them why they think they'll go to heaven, what do you think their answer would be? Well, they'd probably be kind of like my first one. Yeah. And so you don't want any of them to go to hell. So what could you do to help them not go there? Tell them what you told me, pretty much. Yeah. Pass the message on. That would be absolutely the one of the most loving things you could do for them. And so do you come on to Amigo to share the gospel with people? I did, but people do not accept it. It's pretty sad. It's true. That's true. But good on you, man, for wanting to share the message. I really commend you for that. That's so good. And in fact, you might find helpful. We've got a, I've done a talk on YouTube that you might find useful on how to share the gospel. Well, so common, actually, let me type it in on the name of the video. It's called Common Analogies for Gospel Conversations. It's a video, that's the name of the video, and it's at our YouTube channel, needgod.net. That's the name of it. That video, I think okay. you'll find really helpful on how to present this message 
clearly, effectively, right. with analogies, all that sort of stuff. I think you'll uh, you enjoy that listening to that. All right. Well, and yeah, it was do, good. To you, man. Yeah, good, good chat to you, man. And do check out the the videos and stuff we put up, and hopefully that's an encouragement to, to right. share Christ better. God bless you, man. It's been good chatting to you. Yep. See you, man. See you, man. Bye. Hey, that was a good chat. Get to getting to clarify the gospel with him. It's not asking for forgiveness. It's not this or that. It's Christ and him crucified. That alone is what saves. I'm so glad we got to clear that up with him. Because we don't want him or anyone to hear those words depart from me, from Jesus on Judgment Day. I was thinking, asking for forgiveness. Saved. Okay. Yeah, hopefully he listens into that video and that helps him be a better witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me just do a couple of your questions now and then we'll get some more chats up shortly. So if you have any questions, you can put them in the chat now. All right. So David's asked, does confession have no effect on salvation? That's not confession of sin. That's confessing Jesus as Lord. Different. Two different things. And what's the confession of Lord? That was given then as an evidence of salvation. Because particularly in the Roman Empire, the people who Paul's writing to are in Rome. They had to say Caesar is Lord instead of Jesus. Because there's a whole there's a whole thing of emperor worship back in the first century where they had to worship the emperor. And Christians couldn't do that because we know that we only worship God. We don't worship the emperor. We submit to the emperor, but we don't worship him. And so the fact that Christians, instead of saying Caesar is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Paul's saying that's an evidence of salvation. This one from Cutter. Will Mormons go to heaven? Not if they believe Mormon teaching. No, they won't. What's Mormon teaching, you must say? What's LDS teaching, Latter-day Saint teaching? It's the teaching that they think works, play a part in salvation. They think that you have to do all these different things to get up levels in heaven, to go to the different levels. So temple rituals, getting married in the temple. They think you'd get water baptized to be saved and a whole lot of other things. They also don't have a right view of Jesus. They think Jesus was just a man who managed to attain God's status. They think Jesus was the brother of Satan, which is not true. Jesus is not the brother of Satan. They also think that one day you can become a god yourself of your own planet, which is absurd. And they think there's many gods. They're not monotheistic. They believe in many gods that exist on many planets, which is not true either. So if a Mormon believes Mormon teaching, no, they wouldn't be saved. And that's why we try and reach out to them. We try and tell them the news of Jesus and who he truly is. Okay, there was a question from Bailey. Do we have spiritual names? Like Paul was Paul and Saul. He had two names, Simon to Peter, Abram to Abraham. Did you know that Saul... In the New Testament, the Apostle Saul, he didn't get renamed to Paul. He just had two names. He wasn't given a second name. 
Saul is his Hebrew way of pronouncing his name. Paul is the Roman way of pronouncing his name. So he just had two names. Now for Simon, yes, he was given a name, Peter, by Jesus. And Abram did get his name changed to Abraham. And Jacob got his name changed to Israel. Because God was wanting to make a point with that. Jacob was called Israel because he would then be the father of this great, of these many people. You know, he would have 12 sons and they would then be a nation and so on. But I don't think we need to be given a new, na a new name. God hasn't said, I'm going to rename you something else. And so I don't think we need to try and find a name for ourselves. Okay, uh, let's see if there's any other questions you guys have been asking. I can't see. Let me check the Discord as well. Okay, here we go. There was a question from Motsu, who's asked this. What if someone in the Old Testament indebted themselves as much as possible just before the Jubilee? <laughs> That's a funny question. All right, so let me just describe what he's asking. In the Old Testament, there was a year of Jubilee. Now, there was one every seven years where the slaves would be released, but then every 50 years, which I think is what he's referring to, every 50 years, everyone had to return back to the land that they were initially given. And all debts were cleared. All of that was just like kind of cleared every 50 years, or supposed to be cleared every 50 years. They didn't really follow that law very well, but that was what God intended. But God said to prevent that kind of abuse of saying, well, let's say someone gets in debt like one year before the year of Jubilee and they, the debt's clear the next year. God actually said, make sure you weigh up the cost of things based on how long it is until the year of Jubilee. So it was proportional so that people would not be able to abuse that system. God's smart, isn't he? God is so smart. Uh, there was a question from Noah. If, if the human body is created perfectly, then what's the purpose of wisdom teeth? They help you chew. They do. They help. help. I've got wisdom teeth. They help me chew. So do many people. Now, some people have to get their wisdom teeth removed because they don't come out right. They kind of knock against the other teeth and they have to get them removed. Why does that happen? It's a result of the fall. Why do you get back pain? A result of the fall. Why do you get headaches and why do you eventually die? It's a result of the fall of humanity. Harry's asked, I know you've got to trust in Jesus 100% to go to heaven, but how can you be confident in yourself that you are trusting in Jesus 100%? I know my works don't save me. So does that mean I'm 100% trusting in Jesus? Yeah, you can know what you're relying upon to get you to heaven. If I ask you, if you died, if you got hit by a car right now, where would you go? If you say heaven, I'll ask you why. Because I know Christ died for me. Well, that sounds like you're trusting in Jesus. If you say, well, because I prayed, I asked forgiveness, I did this when I was younger, I'm a good person, then your trust is in yourself. How do you know someone is trusting a parachute as they jump out of a plane? Because they've got the parachute on their back, and they're happy to jump out of that plane, knowing that it, that parachute, will save them from the jump. How does how do we know 
that we're trusting in Jesus because we know that we've got the parish on our, on our back. That is, we're relying upon Jesus only to save us from that judgment day that is to come, which means we don't have to fear death anymore. Harry's also asked about lustful thoughts. Lustful thoughts, he's saying, come up into his mind as soon as he looks at maybe certain people. He says it's beyond his control. But then at the same time, you said that we can choose to sin. So how can we choose to sin if those thoughts can come up into your mind instantly? Because there's a difference between seeing an attractive person and actually lusting after them. You can see someone that might look good and think, oh, they look nice. But then as soon as that then grows from that into any sort of sexual desire for that person, that's when it's turned sinful. So yes, you've got a choice and you ought to have control from going from when you see the person, prevent yourself from thinking those unwholesome thoughts about them. Venus has asked, is it a sin to give gifts to my friends? No. Why would it be? This one from I play you, uh, YT has asked, so repent does not save you because you're only changing your mindset, but to be saved is to have faith? Yes. Repent means to change your mind, by the way. So yes, you've got to repent, but repent means change your mind, not ask for forgiveness. But we are justified by faith and faith alone. Sleepy's asked this, were the dads in the Old Testament not teaching their kids about God? Because how come they kept going into paganism over and over and over again? That's a good point. I think it's the same reason why we so easily get addicted to material things of this earth, don't we? We so easily put other things as a high priority in our life, even if we are taught well. And that's the same thing as Israel. But I think it also was they didn't have the benefit of having easy access to the Bible like we do. You can read the Bible personally every day as a Christian today. In the Old Testament, you couldn't. You'd have to go to maybe where the Bible, because there wouldn't have been a copy for everyone. You'd have to go where the Bible's stored. You'd be able to go maybe have it read out to you or something like that. So we've got no excuse for not reading the Bible every day. It was much harder for them, and yet they were still willing to, many still willing to go and hear it. For us, we've got no excuse. You can just read on your phone. You've got five copies at your home probably, right? Clements asked this, is there any difference between the new heaven and the new earth? Heavens and earth. When it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, heavens doesn't refer to God's dwelling place. It's referring to the stars, planets, and galaxies. When I say I looked up into the heavens, I'm not saying I looked up to where God is. I'm saying I looked up to space, the sky. So when it says God's made a new heavens and a new earth, Heaven was that new earth. Have the new heavens then is the stars, galaxies, and planets that we'll be able to see from that new earth that we're going to be living on. Ghosties asked, how should I go about saving my family that doesn't believe in Jesus? I know it's important, but I have major social anxiety, which makes it hard to talk. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. Ask God for help. Ask God for courage. He can give you his strength. Think of the Apostle Paul. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, he said something really interesting in these couple of verses. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. 
For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And my and I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Does that describe you? Well, guess what? You're in the same as the Apostle Paul. Praise God. God can use people who tremble, who are, who are scared and weak. That's all of us, by the way. That's not just you. That's all of us. We're all weak. We're all fallible. We all struggle in having confidence and stuff like that. So was Paul. But that was okay. Let's keep on going. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And what that means is he was just preaching the gospel. He wasn't using fancy, eloquent words, just preaching the simple message. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was converting people. And so can I encourage you, even though Paul didn't speak very well, Moses was a stutterer, you can be used by God to speak his truth. Ask him for help and open your mouth. Sleepy's asked the follow-up question, how long will God let us suffer through the consequences of the fall of humanity? Until we get to heaven, until you die. You're going to suffer on this earth. You're going to have pain on this earth. You're going to have women have pain in childbirth. The fields don't grow as good as it used to. There's weeds and thorns and thistles. There's back pain. There's bad eyesight. All those sort of things. But it's only while you're here. Once you go into eternity, no more effects of the fall will be affecting you because God will give you a new glorified body. And Ninjas asked, we'll do this one last one, I think, before we probably get into some more chats. I'm 90% sure I know the answer to this, but did Jesus have anything to do? But did Jesus have to do anything we do to show our gratitude for him? Okay, I get what you're saying. I think you worded it funny. But do we have to do anything for Jesus to show our gratitude? Well, we ought to do things for him to show our gratitude, but not for salvation. We do good things for him out of gratitude, out of love, which is like going to church, reading our Bible, avoiding sin, sharing the gospel, loving your neighbor, being a good kid at home. God calls you to do that because you're grateful to Jesus for what he's done for you. Great questions. Let's get some more chats up now. All right, let's see who we can get into a Amigo chat because I'm going to do the TikTok live pretty soon. After that, we'll do more questions and then we'll do the Kahoot game. So who have we got around who can have some chats for us? I wonder if Angel's around. That would be cool if Angel's around. He could have some chats. See if he is. If not, we'll get someone else up. Uh, let's see. Yes, he is. Angel, are you able to have some chats for us, man? <laughs> there he is. Hey, Angel, we can't hear your sound. So. Oh, hey, Ryan. There we go. Now I can hear you. Awesome. I, I didn't realize you're already, already in, you're already in a chat. That was great. Yeah. I didn't realize you were. <laughs> I didn't. So, are you able to share chats for us, man? Yeah, of course. I cool. Will. Make sure you. I think you're probably going to need to do the share audio button so we can hear the sound if you haven't already. Oh, okay. 
and press the play button so we can detect that it's working. God is good all the time. Sounds good. Over to you, Angel. You guys in the chat, cheer him on. All righty, let's do a conversation. I just had a chat with a Jew, but they just oh, didn't Steve says me. dark mode as well, by the way. Oh, yeah, dark mode? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, they didn't want to believe in Jesus. All right, Lord, help me at these next conversations. I pray that you may be saving many people today. And help me speak in truth and in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I got a Hello? question for you. Huh? I got a question for you. All right, wait. I'm actually watching the live right now. Oh, you're watching the Me God live? Yeah, I am. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so no. you believe in heaven and hell and everything? I don't believe in hell, no. Okay. Well, do you think God cares about how we live our life? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say so. He's given us a conscience with with morals. Like, we know the right and wrong thing to do. So if he's given us yeah. that, then he wants us to do the right thing. So he does care about how we live our life. Yeah, for, yeah I'd say he cares. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you think you're a good person? Um. Kind of, I guess. I'm not, like, the greatest. I could be better. Yeah. Well, let's test that. Like, how many lies have you ever told in your life? I don't lie much. So, like, in my life? Yeah. Probably, like, a thousand. Yeah. And it only takes one lie to be a liar. Just, yeah. like, stealing one thing to be a thief. And so yeah. I've told many lies as well. Probably thousands or more. And have you ever stolen anything? Uh, scissors from my daycare. That's all. When yeah, I was I, like five. I probably stolen stuff when I was a kid as well from school or something. Um, but have you ever used bad language or disrespected? Oh, yeah. Like I do every day. Yeah. I've done that as well. And last one. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? Yeah, me and my dad don't got a good relationship, so, mm. yeah, I have. Well, yeah, I've done all these things as well, but since God will have to judge us after we die based on these things, do you think we would be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Yeah, definitely guilty. So would you deserve reward or punishment? Probably punishment. Does that sound like heaven or hell? Hell. Yeah. And so what, since we deserve hell, what do you think we have to do to avoid it? Uh, trust in Jesus. Yeah, trust in Jesus that... And try to stop sinning. Okay. But trust in Jesus about what? Like, what about Jesus? Wait. Wait, let me think about that. Like how we died on the sins, died on the cross for our sins. My bad, I got my words mixed up. Right, right. So the only way to go to heaven is to simply trust in Jesus that he paid for all of our sins on the cross. So yeah. let's say this. Let's say you were to stand before God today and he asked you, 
why should I let you to heaven? What do you think he would say? I'm not worth. I'm going to say I'm not worthy to him. I'll tell him I'm not worthy of heaven. Yeah, we're definitely not worthy. But do you remember what I told you was the only way to heaven? To trust in Jesus. Yeah, basically Jesus dying for us. He took the punishment that we deserved. So if that information you have now, what do you think you would say to God? Who would say to God? Me? Yeah, like on the same question that I asked before. If he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Like since uh, right now, I don't really like have a religion or anything. And if Christianity is the truth, I would say I'm not worthy because I didn't follow Jesus in that. Yeah, my family's um, Catholic. Mm, okay. Well, the thing is, we, well, let me ask you this. How sure are you that you would make it to heaven out of 100? Out of 100? Yeah. Like, either none or one. Like, like it's either one in a hundred or none at all. Okay. Well, did Jesus pay for like one percent of one percent of those sins or a hundred percent? A hundred. Right. So if you pay for a hundred percent of your sins, how sure can you be that you would make it to heaven? If I trusted Jesus, a hundred. Right. So notice how all it takes to get to heaven is just trusting in Jesus. And when you say you're like zero or one percent sure, then you only have that zero one percent trust in Jesus. But, yeah, so then I probably won't get to heaven. But you can if you just place your faith in him right now. It's just a split second decision. I'm unworthy, yeah. but Jesus, you took the punishment punishment for me. So I'm just gonna trust in you that you already did it all for me. You already paid for my sins, you lived the perfect life in my place. So I'm just going to trust in you from now on. Boom, you're saved. And you receive the Holy Spirit from that moment. And yeah. So do you have to do good things to get to heaven? No. No, you don't. What about asking for forgiveness? Do you have to do that? You should. You should? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should. Well, let's say this. Let's say to I start trusting in Jesus today that he paid for all of my sins. But tomorrow, yep. I do five more sins, and I didn't ask for forgiveness, and I died. Would I go to heaven or hell? That depends. Do you have the intention to, like, do you, trust, do you fully trust in Jesus, and do you have the intention to ask for forgiveness later on? Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of us would have the intention to ask forgiveness because we do feel then, yes, you would. for our sins. But yeah, you can still go to heaven because remember, works, good things don't get us to heaven like prayer. Like if you pray, if you think you have to pray every day asking for forgiveness, then you're trusting in your good works because you're basically telling God every day, God, please forgive me of my sins again. I failed again. Please die on the cross for me again. But he died once and for all. See, so you don't have to ask for forgiveness every day. You can just do it once in a while. But if you're sincere enough 
enough. It's good enough. It's not about the amount of sincerity, sincerity you have. It's about are you actually just trusting in Jesus to pay for your sins or not? And so you don't have to ask for forgiveness to get to heaven, but a Christian will just naturally do it because you do feel guilty of your sins. But just because you don't ask forgiveness doesn't mean you're going to hell. As long as you just trust in Christ, he paid it all. That's it. Boom. That's it. So, so you don't have to ask for forgiveness, correct? Yeah. And even if a Christian does ask for forgiveness, he always remembers that his prayer doesn't save him. But I just remember that Jesus already paid it all. When I was a Christian, I never knew that. Like, I'm going to be honest. I never knew that. Well, praise God that you know this now. That's amazing. And so, and the thing about that is that even the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So no matter what sins you do in the future, Jesus already paid for all of it already. That's what he did on the cross. Right before he died, he said, it is finished. It's finished. So you don't have to worry about going to hell anymore. It's not based on you or your efforts or your sincerity or you turning from your sins. It's just based on Jesus dying for you. And that's it. Yeah. Hmm. So how sure do you think you are now of getting to heaven? If I trust in Jesus, 100%. Great. And when do you think you're going to start trusting in Jesus to pay for all your sins? I'm not sure when I would. Um, I'd have to look more into the religion and stuff like that just to make sure it's my true beliefs. And then if it is, I'd start following it. Okay. Well, do you know when you're going to die? No, that's completely random. I could not wake up tomorrow. Yeah. So you don't want to waste that opportunity of trusting in Jesus Christ now before it's too late because you don't know when you're going to die. Right? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And so what is like, do you have any questions about like, like why are you stuck on different religions? Like, because I know you're trying to find the right religion. Yeah, that's what I am trying to do. I've been trying to do that for like a year or so. Yeah. And so what I would say is that every other religion in the world, even Catholics and other Christian denominations that stray away from the Christian faith. They all say, do this and do that, and maybe you'll get to heaven. But Christianity yeah. says, there's nothing you could do to get to heaven. It's a perfect place, and you're not perfect, so you definitely don't deserve heaven. But Jesus was perfect in your place, so if you put your trust in him, then you could go, go to heaven. And that satisfies justice because God is a just God. And in every other religion where God just lets people go to heaven just because they did a few good things, that's not satisfying justice. They still need to pay for the crimes they've done against God. Wait, what if you do a good work in the name of God, like for God's sake? 
Well, what do you mean? In what context? Like, if you were, like, donating to, like, a charity to help build a church for God's sake. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to do. So if you, like, donate charity, that doesn't get rid of the crime you've done in the past. Like, let's say you've done 10 lies, but you say, well, I'm going to make it up by donating to charity. No, I don't mean like that. I meant, like, like, would Jesus appreciate that if you, like, did something like that? Like, help build a church to spread knowledge and spread the gospel about him. Yeah, that is good. I mean, God will judge us based on every good thing and bad deed we ever done in our life. So God is going to look at every single good and bad thing you ever done. But the thing is, every single sin we do is actually deserving of death. Because, death. yeah, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So he pays us in death for sin. Because imagine having one person in heaven who has told a few lies before then heaven won't be a perfect place anymore because that person's not perfect. So you have to trust in the Jesus to like kind of get rid of your sin so you are a perfect person. You will be made holy by God. And yes, we will go to heaven as if we were perfect people if you trust in Jesus. But that doesn't mean you are a perfect person. You're just made holy by Jesus who was perfect. So God will let you into heaven, not because you did anything good in your life, but because, oh, you got Jesus? Well, come on in. You lived, it's like you lived a perfect life. Jesus lived a life in your place. So actually, our life now is being put to death so that Christ may live through us. And we got to go to heaven because our old life was put to death. And now the new life, Christ in us, lives in us. So we get to go to heaven through Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd understand that. Yeah. But that's something I do understand. But I would be careful of other religions because they all say do this, do that to get to heaven, but that doesn't get rid of the past. If you go to God and say, Well, I know I done this bad sin and this one too, but look at these 20 other good things I've done. God is gonna be like, Yeah, yeah you sh it's good that you did that but you still committed a crime against me. And so imagine like in society, you, you speed it on the road and then a police catches you and he's gonna give you a ticket, but you tell the police officer, well, look what I've done. I've done these 10 good things. Can you let me go? The police officer- He's not gonna let you go. Yeah. He's gonna be like, yeah, that's good that you did good things, but you still broke the law. So you still need to pay for your fine. And it's the same with God. You did good things, but you still broke the law. God's law. Wait, I got a question about uh, Christianity. Yeah. Um, so a lot of Christians like would like, I'm not saying all, but some would like um, hate people or like not want to be around people who are, let's say, Muslim because they're Muslim, but doesn't in the Bible say, love thy neighbor? Yeah. So, so is that them doing a sin? Well, there is a sin called partiality, where you treat others better than 
another type group of people, which is wrong. That is sin. We should treat each other equally. We should love no matter what religion, race, yeah, sexuality. Because we're all in a broken world together. We're all broken. And we should show that the love that God showed us when we were broken, we should show that love to others who are broken and looking for hope as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's say this. Do you think you have to be baptized to go to heaven? No. No, you don't. It's just a public declaration of your faith. And I'm trying to think of another question. Well, do you have a Bible? Yeah, I got my mom's. I have two. Do you know what translation it is? No. Okay. Well, just in case, does it read like old English? No. Well, something no. No, I have one that doesn't and one that does. Like thy shall, like that yeah. stuff. That one's hard to understand. It's most likely KJV. I wouldn't recommend yeah. that one. I would recommend a modern English translation. I would say ESV Bible. All right, wait, I'm going to screenshot that. Yeah. And so I would say e read ESV Bible because that is a really good, easy to understand modern translation. But how much do you read your Bible? I haven't read it in a while. I used to read it a little bit. Okay, well, do you eat food every day? Yeah, and I know. It's kind of like the whole, like, spiritual food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand what you're going to say. Yeah. And so I will definitely recommend you read the Bible every single day because it's important to know more about God and what he thinks of us and how we should live for him. And it's basically the answers for a lot of things that people want to know about the world. Because God made this world perfect, but obviously there's sin everywhere. So something went wrong. And the Bible explains that. And it explains. And that's the apple. Yeah. Something right? went, yeah. Sin. Sin entered the world. Something went wrong. That's why the world is full of sin. But he provides us a solution through Jesus Christ. So that's what the whole Bible is about. And to glorify God at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope you really do start placing your faith into Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going to start trying to read my Bible if I remember. I'm not too good at remembering stuff, but if I remember, I'll try to read my Bible. Well, I would say maybe follow this rule or maybe just put an alarm on your phone right now, like every day at a specific time to read your Bible. Yeah, okay. It's really important. That is God speaking to us. If God wrote you a letter, wouldn't you want to read it? Oh, um, yeah. I'd, like, I'd pay a million dollars to read it. Yeah, so you have it now for free. So you definitely want to read that. Yeah. Do you go to a church by any chance? No, I haven't. I've wanted to when I was younger, and I still do. I, I even asked my um, grandma to get me baptized um last month yeah well baptism uh, i would say don't get baptized unless you place your faith in jesus christ like before you you didn't really understand um 
how to get to heaven. You thought it was about the efforts you've done, like your sincerity and you stopping from sin. But it's not about that at all. It's about did Jesus die for you or not? Are you trusting in that or not? Yeah, I learned a lot from this conversation, really. Yeah. So it's like my whole family's religion and I didn't know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Well, actually, your, your family is Catholic, right? Um, Catholic and Protestant is like split. Hmm. Well, actually, Catholics, that is a false religion because they are teaching that you, you could have faith to go to heaven, but you also have to do works to make sure. No, my family never followed that. My family follows faith in Jesus and only Jesus, but by law, like their church, they're Catholic. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, be very. I'm a 95 year old um, great grandma. She's still alive. She's Catholic, but she follows. It's only faith in Jesus. No good works can get you to heaven. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so I would be very careful because I've spoken to a lot of Catholics before and they say the same thing, but there's still something deep inside them that's saying, I have to do this, I have to do that to make sure. Because that's what the Catholic Church teaches. Do these sacraments, do these sacraments, ask for forgiveness, go to confession, or else you're not saved. And that's the dangerous part about Catholicism. So I would highly advise don't go to a Catholic church and maybe even talk to your family about that. And I'll send you a church link. You can use this to find a good church in your area. A Baptist church usually is has some good sound teaching because they preach the only way to heaven is through faith alone and they won't confuse you and do this or that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll see if I can go to church. A lot of my family doesn't go anymore, but I can see if like my grandma will take me or something. Yeah, that'll be cool. And I would say, ask some of these questions to your family as well. Like, how sure are you that you'll make it to heaven out of 100? And if they say anything less than 100, even if it's like a 95 or a 99, they're probably, they're most likely going to hell because they're trusting in themselves. Because that missing 5% is them saying, well, if I just sin less, maybe I'll go to heaven. But that means they're not um, seeing Jesus fully. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll definitely recommend asking that to your family since you care about them and where they go. Our life is very yeah. short. So let's think about our eternity, which is more important. And since... God is real. We know that because of creation itself. And since he made life, why not? Why can he not give us more life? He's a creator of life. Yeah, I, know there, I know there's an afterlife. I'm just not sure what it is. That's all I'm confused about. Okay. Well, think about it like this. Since God created us with, a, with morals, he, must, he has all the right to punish us if we do wrong because we know absolutely what is wrong, murder, lying, stealing, all of that. So he has all the right to punish us. So what are you going to do to avoid that punishment? Trust in Jesus. Yeah. And I hope you do that soon because that's the most important decision you could ever make in your life. But yeah, continue watching the stream. This is really good. And I hope this is edifying for you.
Yeah, it is. Like, I got one more question. Yeah. What happened to people with religions before Jesus came? Do you know what I mean? Like, something like, before G- if you were a religion and you were, like, let's say, I don't know if Buddhist is older than Christianity or something, but let's just say you were that, and before, like, 200 years before Jesus came, and you had no chance. Where did they go after life? Well, if they had faith in the coming Messiah, then they will go to heaven. Because it was prophesied hundreds of years ago that someone was going to come and basically pay for all their sins. Even the very first people, Abraham, he was saved through faith. God saw his faith and God counted it to him as righteousness. So he's going to heaven because he had faith in God that God would save him. So really, at the end of the day, everything is to glorify God. Because you just got to trust in God that he will save you. That's it. Thank you. You have taught me a lot about my family's religion, like Christianity in general. And you taught me a lot about it, so thank you. Yeah, my name was Angel. What was your name? Uh, Jace. I'll spell that out. It was nice to meet you, Jace. And I hope you get to continue watching the stream. I think we'll have a Kahoot soon and some questions that Ryan will do. So I hope you stick around and trust in Jesus. He's the only way. Yeah, all right. You too, have a blessed day. Bye. God bless you. Thank you, God, for this conversation. And Lord, I pray for Jace that that you that he would trust in you, God, and that you may save him, God, um, and just edify him and bring him to the church and to your word, God. And you're just so good. And I pray that you just help me with the rest of these conversations and let your good will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty, that was awesome. Hey, I got a question for you. Hey, what's up? I got a question for you. Okay. What do you think happens after we die? I hope to wait a very long time before I learn the answer to that question. Okay. Well, it seems like you're into religion. Hey, I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think happens after we die? All right, let me just... So after we die, we go to either heaven or hell. We get judged by Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're right, you're right. And so... Do you think you would make it to heaven? Do I deserve to be in heaven? No. But Jesus saved me, so maybe. 
Yeah. I don't deserve to even see the gifts of heaven, but because he shed his blood for me, so I might have a chance. Right. That's awesome. So let's say this. Let's say you stand before God today and he asks yeah. you, why should I let you into heaven? What do you think you would say? I would say you shouldn't let me in heaven. I don't deserve it. But because I believe in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ shed his blood for me. Yeah. He's the one that's going to get decided. Yeah, that's awesome. And so how sure are you that you would make it to heaven out of 100? Damn, that's a good question. Because I am a sinner. So I don't know. So Honestly, I don't know. I'll skip that question. <laughs> so it's definitely not 100%. No. Well, let's say you're 50% sure of getting yeah. to heaven. What's the other 50% that's keeping you back? My sins. Yeah, did Jesus pay for those sins? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't pay for 50% of your sins. How much did he pay for? For all of them. Right. So if he paid for 100% of your sins, how sure can you be that you would make it to heaven? Yeah, I mean, the answer you would hear is 100 but still doesn't mean that if I still believe in him and keep sinning, I, sh I should make it to heaven because I keep on sinning. Well, this definitely doesn't give us an excuse to sin. Because yeah. we trust in Jesus, we don't want to sin anymore. Exactly. The Bible says when we start believing in Jesus, God will give us a new heart with new desires. And so because yeah. of that, we're not going to want to sin anymore. We want to get rid of it as much as we can. True. But it's getting to heaven is not based on how much less you sin. It's based on Jesus dying for you only. So, but no, you kind of have to do your part too. Well, actually, no, there's no part we can do to get to heaven. Even Jesus mean, says any works that we do are, are filthy right filthy rags to him no i get that i mean if you don't do your your part in a way you because if you believe a hundred percent in jesus then you're gonna believe in what he says what he says is to help people for example to love people if you don't love people you're not gonna get to heaven because that's what jesus said and that's what he taught you to do yeah i see what you're saying jesus says if you love me you will keep my commandments but he mm -hmm. didn't say keep my commandments to make sure you're saved he's just no, you're you don't wanna you don't wanna keep his commandments just to get to heaven it's because you love that's him. what you're saying because you're saying that you have to do your part make sure that you continue loving right yeah and loving people that's actually keeping the commandments because jesus summarizes the entire law as love god and love your neighbor Mm -hmm. So if you think you have to love people to make sure you're going to heaven, then you're saying you have to keep the commandments to make sure you're going to heaven. No, what I meant is if you love Jesus, you're going to know to follow his commandments, to read the Bible, to go to church. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right. not, you know, it's not obligatory, but it is if you love him, you have to do it. It's like if you believe in Jesus, you're going to believe in the Bible. It's like You're right. So you know. the reason why Jesus says that 
is to test if we really are in the faith or not. If you don't love Jesus, then are you really saved? But if you do love Jesus, it means you were trusting in him. But let's say this. Let's say you trust in Jesus today, that he paid for all of your sins. But tomorrow you do 10 more sins, and then you die. Would you go to heaven or hell? But that's not how it works. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what you mean. You mean like, yeah, no, because he paid for all my sins, the future, the past, and the present. Mate. Does that? Can't disagree with you in a way. I mean, would they go to heaven or hell, though? It's up to God to decide, not to me. Did Jesus pay for those future sins? No, I know, I know. But I'm saying it's... It's more complicated than that. Well, actually, it's really simple. I mean, just looking at these verses right here, both of these verses say, believe and you'll be saved. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. It doesn't say believe and make sure that you're still doing these things. Make sure you're still with God. It just says believe. And because you Mm -hmm. believe, you're going to want to stay with God. Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, let's say this. If let's say you start trusting in Jesus, but throughout the next week, you had some days where you were slacking, like maybe you did a few more sins or you weren't being, you weren't being close to God enough. Does that mean you're going to hell or would you still go to heaven? Man, I'm telling you, it's more complicated. <laughs> no, it's really simple. I get what you mean. What you mean is, yeah, no, you. In this case, in your in your logic, you would go to heaven. But I'm saying that this going is to what heaven. The Bible says, not my logic. No, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm not. I swear, like I respect you a lot. But I'm saying, going to heaven is not as simple as this because I'm a sinner. That I don't deserve to see the gates of heaven. I don't even deserve to see anything near heaven. You're right. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I know Jesus paid for my sins. All right. But I don't think it's that simple. Well, read this verse, this last one. Well, you can read it out loud if you want. No, all right. (laughs) I already uh, finished it. But, uh, yeah. He says, truly, truly, I say it to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Mm-hmm. He's saying you could absolutely be sure because you believe in, in Jesus. Yeah. So what's that uncertainty that you have? That means you're not trusting in Jesus because you're not too certain. The Bible says, I write these things to you so that you may know you have eternal life. You're not going to read the whole Bible and be like, well, I'm still not sure. Well, you can be sure. There's so many verses saying that. Yes, you can be sure. I mean, think about it. If you were to jump off an airplane with a parachute and you're 50% sure that the parachute will save you, that... That's disrespect to the parachute. Like, 
isn't the parachute the one that's going to save you? Like you would want to trust in it 100% and then you'll jump off the plane. And so it's the same with Jesus. If I trust in Jesus 50%, then that's a disrespect to what he's already promised us. He says, if you just believe in me, you'll be saved. But if you're still not sure, then you're not really believing in him. Right? I get what you mean. I think I'm going to have to sleep on this one. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Well, this is your eternity. So I hope you really think about this a lot. But before you go, uh, let me ask you this. Let's say someone says, I'm going to heaven because one, I'm, I believe Jesus died for my sins. And two, because I continue following God with all my heart believing and trusting and worshiping praying all of this mm -hmm. would he go to heaven or hell yes well what do you think he was trusting him to bring him to heaven wait can you repeat uh you lost me yeah so this guy said there's two reasons why he's going to heaven one because jesus died for him and two because i continue following him praying worshiping blah 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 was he fully trusting in Jesus or was he also trusting in himself? I mean, he is trusting Jesus because he says, I believe. I just don't look. Problem is, I don't think going to heaven. Because look. Shit. I would say that person's going to hell. You'd say he's going to hell? Yeah, for sure. I thought. Because this guy's not fully trusting in Jesus. He's saying, Well, Jesus paid for my sins, but look at me. Look what I've done. I didn't I've done this, this, and that. I've continued following you. I should go to heaven. It's not based on okay, what you do. I have a question, a follow. Uh just to, like get a clear understanding. Do you believe in the purgatory? No, it's never mentioned in the Bible at all. Okay. Are you a Catholic or a Protestant? Or eventually, like which uh, branch? I, just so I can, like, I'm just a Bible-believing Christian. I am not okay. a Catholic. Well, Catholics teach the wrong doctrine. Are you a Catholic? I'm an Orthodox. But wait. I just want to say, like, so you don't believe in the purgatory, yeah? It's never mentioned in the Bible, so no. Okay. So, who can go to heaven, according to... All right, I can let Angel finish off that chat there. Hello, everyone. Good to have you in the live chat here on YouTube right now. Welcome those who've just come over from TikTok. I'm going to find out who got here first from the TikTok live. It was a race indeed, and I think a tough race because a lot of you guys have put the keyword. The keyword was heaven. I can see that you've all done that. So good. The person who got it first was ghosty panic well done ghosty panic you are quick today well done getting in top spot close behind you was cloud carissa carissa got third wow diego essen and mr player well done all right let's get into your questions if you're new please hit the subscribe button that enables the chat so that you can type any of your questions that you might have in let's answer it one by one.
And also, be patient. Don't put your question 15 times in the chat. Just once is enough. And then the, the mods will bring it to the question list, which is what I'm going through and answering. Sounds good? And after we do this question time, we're going to do some Bible trivia. So stick around for that too. Okay, the first one came in from Trev. Is it a sin to curse in your head? Because I've gotten good at not cursing, but I still do it in my head. You're a work in progress. That shows, right? So praise God that you're managing to control your words. And now just slowly by slowly, it'll start fading out in your head as well. Ask God for help to have that pure mind. So don't be listening to music that's got swearing because that could put those swear words back into your head again. I was Paul on the weekend, he was sharing his strategy of what he does. He initially, when, when he was swearing, to, to, to stop him doing that, he said that he would just try and speak Vietnamese. He'd try and speak some foreign language like that. Is that what you do, Paul? Yeah, I used to, because um, I didn't want to do it in front of the kids and I realized it wasn't good. So I just pretended I was speaking Vietnamese, even though I'm not racist and I don't know the language, but I'd just be sort of going, pedestrian crossing, wapata. And that used to just like, now it's like, oh, it's your birthday, who cares? <laughs> right. So that's a way of kind of weaning yourself off it and just thinking, instead of getting angry with this person, hey, it must be your birthday. If it's everyone else's birthday around you, how could you get mad at them, right? This one from Jabez, why are there many different religions out there? Because Satan exists and Satan wants to confuse people. I think that's one reason. But also because people are happy to be religious as long as it's not believing the truth, as long as they don't have to humble themselves. And in every other religion besides Christianity, they don't really have to truly humble themselves. They get to think of themselves as good people. Only in Christianity do you have to come to the point where you realize, I am a horribly bad person who deserves hell, but I'm saved because of a very good Jesus Christ who died on that cross for my sins. And the other religions don't have a savior. No one in their religions who can pay for your sins or anyone's sins. This one from Cloud. Is it true that we are going to forget our loved ones who don't make it into heaven? And if so, why would that be? The Bible never says you're going to forget your loved ones in heaven. The Bible never says you're going to forget anything from this earth in heaven. Why would you forget? You don't have a memory wipe when you get to heaven. You're going to be you. In fact, what's just happened right before you rocked up into heaven? Judgment Day, which is where God brought everything you've done into the light on Judgment Day. But you won't be sad in heaven. I think that's why people bring, they, they try and speculate that you're not going to remember them because they think otherwise you'll be sad, but you won't be, because you're going to have a perfect mind in heaven. You're going to see things from God's perspective rather than your own. A good example would be, think of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had a whole lot of earthly siblings, brothers and sisters of Mary and Joseph. You know, they had more kids after she gave birth to Jesus. And did you know Jesus's brothers didn't believe in Jesus initially? They didn't believe. They were mocking him even, mocking Jesus. Did that make Jesus sad? No, because he knew ultimately that Jesus was on, the, on this earth for a purpose and he was fulfilling his purpose even if his brothers didn't believe in him initially. So in heaven, you'll see they, those in hell are getting what they deserve 
God is being glorified for his justice being executed upon them, and you've been adopted now into a new family, the family of God, which is everyone up in heaven is your brother and sister. This one from Ania, who's asked, could you please explain Matthew 13, 32, which talks about how the mustard seed is very small, but then it turns into a big tree. Yeah. Jesus is talking about how it's obviously that's mustard seeds are tiny. It turns into a big tree. And he uses that as a picture of the kingdom of God. Initially, the kingdom of God started off with, what, 12 disciples? One of them wasn't even true, Judas. He wasn't even a true follower of Jesus. He was faking it the whole time. But notice then how many Christians are there are in the world today. Millions upon millions. Started off small, now very large. That's the analogy Jesus is making in that verse. Dylan has asked, i got a friend. He's got a big faith in Jesus but he's doing sexually immoral things. So what should I do? Is he saved? Well, it depends if he truly does have faith. If he does truly have faith, he will have a change of attitude towards sin. He wouldn't be proud about his sin and saying, yes, I'm going to keep doing these sinful things. He's going to be like, no, I want to try and avoid it. And so I'd, have a, I'd encourage you, Dylan, have a conversation with him. Because someone being proud of their sin and living in unrepentant sin is evidence, could be evidence they're not saved at all. Share the gospel with him if he's not and encourage him to come back on the right path. That would be my suggestion. Cloud has asked, could you be forced to get the mark of the beast? Depends what the mark of the beast represents. I think a good interpretation of what the mark of the beast is is it's just simply a symbolic way of saying you don't trust in Jesus to pay for your sins, as opposed to the mark of God, which are those who trust in Jesus to pay for their sins, both talked about in the symbolic book called the Book of Revelation. So therefore, many Christians, I mean, many unbelievers are going to try and stop you and say, don't believe in Jesus. They're going to try and discourage you from believing in Jesus. What should you do? Stay faithful. Even if they exclude you from the marketplace, which is what was happening in the first century. They were not allowed to buy or sell in the Roman marketplace simply because they were Christians. That's why. And so you've got the pressure. Do you give in to that so you can buy and sell? Or do you stay strong and trusting in Jesus? And obviously, the book of Revelation makes the point. What's the point of aligning yourself with the beast if the beast and his followers go to hell when they die? Right? And that's the comfort the book of Revelation gives to Christians, saying, yes, you're going to be persecuted now, but you can say no to sin, and you can say no to unbelief, and you, and you can say yes to Jesus and continue believing in him because you know at the end of it, you're going to be with him in heaven, which is worth it. George has asked, are women supposed to cover their head as per 1 Corinthians 11? I think two interpretations are valid for this passage and they both have the same result and that is women do not today need to cover their head first thing is it talks about a woman having a natural head covering which is her hair her longer hair is already naturally on women not on men and that could potentially be what paul's talking about there the second interpretation and so therefore women don't need an extra head covering of like some sort of material the second interpretation is that it's referring to a cultural way of a wife's showing submission to a husband 
and that was by some sort of extra head covering. But since that's not how today a wife shows submission to a husband, that was a cultural thing, therefore today women or wives don't need to put something over their head. Either way, same net result, whichever interpretation you take from that. This one from Ryan MX, who's asked, I see videos about repentance is being part of being saved. Is that true? Depends what they mean by that. If they mean repentance as in asking for forgiveness or stopping sins, no, they're wrong. But if they're meaning repentance as per how the Bible defines repentance, which is a change of mind, then they're right. What is repentance? It's going from unbelief to belief in Jesus. You reject, you used to reject him. Now you accept him as your savior, as your Lord, the one who died for all of your sins. That's the, what repentance is, that change of mind that results in a change of action. Repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of action. It's not praying and it's not stopping sin. Really, really important. Because if it was based on praying, if it was based on stopping sins and being a good person, that's salvation by works. That's opposite to the gospel, isn't it? The gospel message is we go to heaven because Jesus has died for our sins and rose from the dead and he gives it as a free gift. That's the gospel. If someone's telling you, but you've also got to do this, also got to get baptized, you've also got to be not sinning ever again, or you've got to go to the church to go to heaven, they're telling you a false gospel and denying salvation by grace through faith. Mr. Player has asked, once saved, always saved. Is that true? Let's define it quickly. Once saved, always saved simply means that if you truly do have faith in Jesus, you'll continue to have faith in Jesus until the time you die, and therefore you'll always be saved. If someone claimed to have faith but then gave up and no longer had faith in Jesus, it's not that they were saved. It's that they were never really truly saved because they never truly had faith to begin with, because a true faith will be one that lasts until the end. Frost has asked, what do you think about when the Bible talks about slavery in Exodus? Is that okay? In Exodus, it talks about, first of all, the Israelites being under slavery and how God rescues them from that. But it also does talk about other rules in terms of slavery and the slavery the Bible talks about is more of akin to like a nanny today who signs a contract to live in someone's house, looking after the kids and doing the different things at the house. And as a result, gets paid with guaranteed food, accommodation and other things like that. And so some people would even choose to enter into slavery because it was a better gig for them because they had guaranteed food and accommodation, which they wouldn't have gotten if they were just a free person. So some people would choose to go down that path. This one from Lunas. If Jesus died for our sins, how does anyone go to hell? Because he doesn't die for everyone's sins. He dies for those who would believe in him. John 3.16, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Not everyone goes to heaven. You have to believe that Jesus paid for your sins as the only reason you're going to heaven in order for you to go there. If you don't, Jesus doesn't die for you. You pay for your own sins, and that's in hell. Taylor has asked, does the Bible teach a rapture before the tribulation? What is the rapture? It's not the secret disappearing of people. 
A rapture is the catching up of believers into the air. Believers being taken up in the air to meet Jesus in the clouds. The Bible speaks about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17. And the only mention of it is that passage, and it says it happens at the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus happens after the tribulation, not before it. So check that passage out that I mentioned. Nadia has asked, how do we help siblings to get into the Bible? I'm always getting shut down. Hmm. Can I say good on you, encouraging your siblings to get into the Bible? That is so good. Lead by example. Let them see that you care about the Bible and that you're getting into it daily. And let that be an encouragement for them to say, yeah, my bro or sis is really getting into the Bible. Maybe I should too. Another way then is to actually share with them, hey, I was reading in the Bible this morning about this and tell them something you've been learning and let them feel some of the joy that you're feeling as you read through scripture and let that be an encouragement for them to get into it. But also check that they know the gospel in the first place. Sometimes if siblings don't want to read the Bible, it could be symptomatic that they don't, they don't believe in Jesus at all. Could be. And so go and ask them why they think they'll go to heaven. And if they do believe in what Jesus did, ask them if Jesus was willing to give up his life for you. How ought you to respond to that? And how ought you to be living your life as a result of that? Should Jesus only have a small part in your life if he gave up his life to save you? Or should he have the biggest part in your life, knowing that he's done the biggest thing? for you this one from shenanigans how do i know god is speaking to me i don't really know if he has or if he is and i prayed many times god does not speak to you ordinarily in your head so don't wait for a voice do not wait for a voice in your head that's not god that's your own mind god speaks to you through scripture the bible so every time you read the bible that's god speaking to you you don't think God's speaking to you enough? Then read your Bible longer every day and you're going to have God speak to you a lot because that is his word. Every word on that page is God speaking to you. You speak to God in prayer, he speaks back to you through the Bible. That's how it works. Tristan has asked, do we have to wait for the rapture to go to heaven or do we go to heaven the moment we die? The moment we die. What did Jesus say to the thief on the cross? Today you'll be with me in paradise, that very day. Where did Elijah go? When he was taken up in a chariot, he was taken up in a chariot to heaven. You don't pass go. You don't sleep in the ground. Your body might, but your soul doesn't. Your soul goes straight away to heaven or hell, as per 2 Corinthians 5.8. Absent with the body at home with the Lord. The moment you leave this body, you're at home with the Lord. Nesto has asked, what's your opinion on sleep paralysis? That's basically when you wake up and you feel like you can't move for a while. You know what that is? It's a physiological thing. It's not a spiritual thing. It's physiological. What do I mean? God has designed your body to release a chemical in your brain so that when you are asleep, your muscles don't really move much. Otherwise, if they did, during your dreams, you'd be jumping up out of bed, running into the wall, right? Beck dreamt about a, a dynamite piece in the toaster. 
she would be running away from that, right? That's what she dreamt last night. She told me about it. It was funny. A dynamite stick in the toaster. So random. And it exploded. But thankfully, there's that chemical release in your brain so that she didn't jump up and run out onto the walls and do crazy stuff like that. But that chemical needs a bit of time to dissipate if you wake up suddenly. And so sometimes you might feel like I can't move because the chemical is just wearing off. And then it won't be long before you can move again. So it's purely physiological. Zero Mission has asked, could you please explain the meaning of the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job? Because I'm really confused, especially after reading Job. All right, those three books are what we call wisdom literature. Proverbs is great. Proverbs got so much good wisdom, practical instruction there. Ecclesiastes, it's a little bit different. It's good, but just remember, it's written from a perspective of, of a godless perspective, not a Christian perspective. It's basically Solomon trying to explain that life without God is meaningless and vanity and pointless. But life with God has much meaning. And Job is is a amazing story of how Job stayed faithful despite all his things being taken away from him. Now, there's a big chunk in the middle of it where Job and his friends are chatting to each other and don't just take Job's friends' words at face value because God rebukes Job's friends for the things that they said. So don't just think that what they said was accurate necessarily. Uh, but I love Job also because at the end of the book, you see God respond. And God gives an amazing speech to Job, saying, telling Job, where were you, Job, when I founded the universe? Where were you when I made these majestic creatures? And it humbled Job greatly. Andrew has asked, what does Matthew 6.15 mean when it says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses? He's making the point that forgiven people ought to forgive. If you've been forgiven by God, doesn't that motivate you to forgive others? It should, and it will. Are you going to perfectly forgive others as a Christian? No, we struggle with that. It may take us a while. We're in a process of sanctification. And for the times that you do not do not forgive people perfectly as you ought, that's a sin. But it's still a sin that Jesus was able to pay for if your trust is in him. So just remember, you do not get forgiven because you're now sin-free and you forgive everyone perfectly. You're forgiven because Jesus always did that perfectly on your behalf. And so a verse like that should just point you back to the gospel. Am I going to heaven because I forgive people perfectly? No, I'm going to heaven because Jesus has lived perfectly on my behalf. Kendall has asked, is it unequally yoked if a married man and woman go to different churches based on preference? Because I know some people who do that. Just curious. Hmm, interesting. It's not necessarily unequally yoked. Unequally yoked would be with unbelievers. So that's why the Bible says you should never date or marry an unbeliever. But at the same time, I think it would make sense that you should be on the same page theologically with your person that you're going to marry. If they want to insist on going to this kind of church and you say, no, I want to go to this kind of church, you got to, you should sort that out before you get married because otherwise it's going to be conflict. And if you can't worship together, something's wrong. 
Hooper is what I'd say. This one from Cam. Can you be a Christian and also in a same-sex relationship? If you're a Christian, you will not want to endorse or support sin or live in sin. Now, Christians still sin, yes, but we don't want to. We're fighting it. We're resisting it and getting better at doing so, but we stumble at different times. But if someone's proud of their sin, saying, yeah, I can be in a same-sex relationship, or I can be in a even opposite-sex relationship, but sex before marriage, and they're proud of it, unrepentant in it, that's probably a sign they're not really a Christian. Because if their faith does not change their attitude towards sin, they probably don't have faith in Jesus. And so, yeah, you want to chat to them. You want to see what their understanding of the gospel is. And chances are they may not even understand the gospel in the first place, so go and share that with them first. And once they believe the gospel, it just naturally produces the desire to obey. Arthur has asked, um, his, his, I think he's talking about a friend or maybe a family member who doesn't believe in hell. But he believes that if we do good, we'll get reincarnated. So I don't know what to do. I don't want him to go to hell. What do I do? Show him how reincarnation makes zero sense. Here's some flaws in reincarnation. If reincarnation was true, you'd expect the population of the earth to be staying the same, because when somebody dies, they're supposed to go in a new body. But instead, the population of the earth is not staying the same, but going up exponentially. Okay, And not only that, let's say we incorporate animal animals into reincarnation. There's more animals alive today than has ever been. It's not staying the same. Secondly, we have no memory of any previous lives, so it'd be no point to think that we even have reincarnation. Thirdly, because we have no memory of any previous lives, the whole point of reincarnation is purposeless, because if you don't know what mistakes you made in the past life, you can't improve in this life. So what's the point of coming back? Do you see? There's all these fundamental flaws uh, that show reincarnation is not true. What makes much more sense, the God who made us, Will hold us responsible and it's not reincarnation it is heaven or hell and motsu's asked is it sinful for a woman to have short hair and how how short is too short it does say in first corinthians 11 that a woman should not have um, short hair like cut off her hair short and a man should not have long hair why because god wants you to keep the gender roles distinct Keep the gender roles distinct. It's the same reason why men should not be wearing dresses. right? Don't be doing things that make you look like the opposite gender. Keep the gender roles and looks distinct. How short's too short? There's no, there's no hard and fast rule, but I think you can tell the difference between a man's haircut and a woman's haircut. All right, great questions, everyone. These are epic. And just a reminder that we are live every day. And you can, anytime we're live, put your questions in the chat and we can answer it whenever we're live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you know when we're doing that. Also, have you guys joined our Discord server? Please do join it. The invite link for that should be in the chat so that you guys can participate. And now it's time for some Bible trivia. Let's do it.
Yeah. Now, obviously, there's going to be exceptions like Juan said, what if a woman has cancer? Yeah, sure. There are obviously going to be exceptions like that uh, where a woman can't have a long, long hair. Sure. But just generally, the Bible's instructing us, men be men. Men don't be women and women don't be men. Keep the, the roles distinct. Yeah. Wow, so many good questions. Can I say... I love your questions, and there's a whole lot we didn't get to answer, but our mods have been doing such an epic job in answering the ones that I haven't got to answer on stream. Okay, is Harmony our host? Who's our host today? Uh, actually, her internet's not very good at the moment. I'm not sure what's going on with the internet, Harmony. I can do it if you want. She's, she's like clapping to make it better. <laughs> oh, there you go. It worked. The clapping worked. How many do you want to be our game host today? Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. All right. You guys um, appreciate it off of Paul. We'll get Harmony though today, though. That'll be good. And Harmony's got the link already, so she should be able to get that cranking. I think Beck apparently sent it directly to you. How many? Oh. Be uh, she hasn't got it, Beck. You have to send it in the Jitsi. But she said, I'm going to go to it on Discord real quick. Okay, no worries. Sounds good. All right, so how many is going to post the link in the chat? It's going to be a, the Kahoot link. You just got to press on that, and that'll be how to join the game. There'll be, I think, about eight questions or so, and it's going to be fastest fingers first. So whoever can answer questions first, you get more points, and you then get to. Um, yeah, get on the podium. Paul, what were you going to say? I was just going to say quickly, um, I had a chat with a guy on Omegle who's coming in for training. So he found it was he was he was a Christian already, but he, he came to understand the gospel and realize how easy and simple it was. He then came in for training, had a training session with him and went through it, and he's just gone, wow, this is so great. This is amazing. It's so easy to do. So can I encourage you all that it is very easy to do, Steve and Alfie. Noah, whoever else is there watching, it is easy, 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 easy to do. So let me encourage you to do this. Uh, we've done all the hard work. We can train you one-on-one. -on -one. We won't throw you under a bus and we'll make it easy and general for you to go through this whole process on how to have a great cultural chat. So please reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok or Discord and we will chase it up and give you the materials needed. But please come and train. Yeah, it's good. Uh, good plug there for training. Thank you for that, Paul. All right, Lollipop says, "Where's the link? Where's the link?" I think Harmony's about to put it in there. She's trying to do it as quick as she can. Okay, she should have put it in there now. So if you guys press on that link, then uh, you'll see your name appear on the screen. Go for it, Harmony. All right, here we are. We have, so far, we have Suspicious Baka. Baka! Reminds me of chicken. Okay, we also have Donnie. We have um, God is Great. Let me fix my screen because it's doing its own thing. Okay, we have Mahinde. Whoa, everybody's popping in really, really quickly. So, um, yeah, Donnie, Ian, Carlos. Yeah, I already said your name. Um, Dolly, Donnie, Lazari. 
Everybody's moving again. Cats are cool. We have Dre. Um, 28 people so far. Wow. Let's see if we can get it to 35. There's a car passing my window. Okay, we have Yosemite Sam. We have Don Frederick. Is the music too loud? Maybe a little bit. Maybe not at all. By the way, we have 35 people. Let's see if we can make it to 40. Ryan, when you say the music's too loud? Yeah, a bit less. It'll be good. Sorry, I can't see the comments if you guys said anything in our chat. Maybe that's a little bit better. Okay, good. We have Gin Carlos. I think I said your name, but you have a three by it. We have Matthew with the binky. Henry, T, Kate, Cutter, Wands, <laughs> Silly Goose, Sav, Joel, Henry. Okay, we're at 39. Come on. Come on. We need our 40th person. Let's go. Hi, Nova. If I missed your name, anybody? Nicholas? Hello, Nicholas. Love the cat thing. Uh, Lirana? Oh, we got 40. Can we go for 41? I'm going to see if I didn't mention anybody's name. Ghosty. The Guy Pal. Dre. Uh, Alan. Stone Stone the Crows. No, don't do that. Uh, Mahendi. Deshaun. Tata's. Lazari. Holly. Okay. So we're going to go up to the top. We got oh, 42. Let's go. All right. On your mark. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. You better be keen for Bible trivia. Three, two, one. Who took their son up to a mountain to sacrifice him as God commanded? Was it Jacob? Was it Isaac? Was it Esau? Or was it Abraham? It's a really high mountain. I'd have to have something really good at the top of that mountain to climb up that and the proper equipment. One second. All right, Abraham was told to go sacrifice his son Isaac at the top of what mountain? Anybody remember? Zach? Huh? Say that again. I said, what What mountain was Abraham supposed to sacrifice his son on? I want to say Sinai, but I don't think that's it. You might be close, but uh, would you like to phone a friend? I'll uh, phone Ryan. Okay, good, Ryan. Yeah, that was Mount Moriah, which happens to be the very spot where Jesus was crucified some thousands of years later. Wow. Look at that. The more you know. We learn every day, don't we? Uh, good job, 28 of you. Nice try, 4 and 9, and the 0% right there. Um, yeah, we're learning, and we're going together. So I'm going to go from top, I'm sorry, bottom to top. Fifth place, we have T with the eye patch. Fourth place, we have 0 with the binky. Henry of the Pancakes, Suspicious Bacab with the sunglasses, and Joel in first. Good job, everyone. Let's go. Oh, I pressed escape like I was doing Omegle chats. Okay, let's go. Okay. Number two out of ten. How long did it rain when God flooded the world? By the way, you have 15 seconds. Was it five years? Was it 40 days and 40 nights? Was it three days? Or was it one week? You have three seconds. Two, one. All right, yeah. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And not five years, good try. Not uh, three days, good try. Let's see how that shook everything up. Joel just took a little step down. Uh, but suspicious, Baka popped into first with Henry popping in behind him or her. 
Um, but Noah just popped up into the top five. Good job, Noah. But up six places, wearing some beautiful crown of hearts. It's Dolly. Good job being the highest climber. Let's go. All right. This is a type question. Whoever blank in him will not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. You have 12 seconds. This guy's like, forever? Ever? I don't know what he's doing. I think there's an owl behind him. But you have three seconds left. All right. Can't wait to see your answers. The top answer was whoever believes, but the second answer would have been... Oh, I guess there was no second answer because it's only believes. All right. So you did a good job. Believes. Oh, you forgot that extra E in there, but good job. Believes in. Uh, we'll count that because you have believes. Uh, would trust be okay since trust and believe and faith are kind of like the same word? Okay, good. Believes, trust. Uh, mm, mm. Yeah, okay. Believe, have faith. Oh, Ryan, would you, do you want me to take it down? Oh, it's okay? Okay. Wow. Well, you know what? Wait, whoever does No, not... I was going to say, Jesus isn't one of them. Yeah? Okay, okay. There we go. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I thought I thought you said a thumbs up to him. I'm like, okay, because Jesus was saying that. But yeah, good job. Thank you. Um, good job, guys. You guys, basically all of you guys just got it right. That's awesome. Let's see how many people. Eight people wrote believe. 17 people wrote believes. I think that's something. I don't know. But let's see how everything turned out. Suspicious Baka stayed in first, but Stone the Crows is right behind you. You better watch out because Baka sounds like a crow sound, so they might be coming for you. Just be careful. Uh, Deshaun is in third. Ghosty Part 1. I think that's what P1 or Player 1 uh, is in fourth. Traven is in fifth, but up eight places is... Good job. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. The fruit of the Spirit are listed in which testament? The New Testament or the Old Testament? Oh, we got three seconds. Which one? Okay. It was the New Testament. That is almost an even split, but three extra were just like, you know what? It's the New Testament. But yeah, good job. Uh, by the way, Paul, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Oh... Uh. I sing it in a tune that you guys don't have. It's okay. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Good job, Paul. All right, let's go. By the way, that sounded amazing. <laughs> Carissa said the wheels on the bus go round and round. Okay. Um, yeah, so the top hasn't changed much. But we have Henry popping into second place. Good job, Henry. And up 10 places. Kate, you go, Kate, being the highest climber. I love those sunglasses. They look like they're pretty cool looking and stuff. I don't know what that looks like. But, yeah, let's go. Um, the fifth question out of 10. It's a multi-select. Which of these people are in the Old Testament? Is Daniel in the Old Testament? What about Luke? Is Luke in the Old Testament? Adam? King David, John the Baptist, or Pontius Pilate? Who is in the Old Testament? By the way, I have no idea who that guy is in the meme, but he looks familiar. <laughs> and apparently he's in his prime. Uh, you have 
six seconds left. You have four seconds left. Now you have two seconds. Alright. Alright, so Daniel was in the Old Testament. Adam was in the Old Testament, and so was King David. But no, Luke, John the Baptist, and Pontius Pilate, or however you pronounce his name, Carissa, um, they're in the new. Yeah, good job, 27, 31, and 32 of you, and everybody else. Deshaun popped right back into the top five. Party time got here. I guess it's time to party. We have Dre, we have Joel, but up 11 places is my good friend Nicholas with the cat and the heart crown thing being the highest climber. Good job, Nicholas. Let's keep going. All right, four more questions. Which book of the Bible will you find the story of Samson? Samson. Uh, is it in Job, Judges, Genesis, or Ecclesiastes? Also cute. Look at that llama's hair. <laughs> okay. Or alpaca. Oh, wait. This is the same thing. Anyways, one second. <laughs> Sometimes I think that alpacas and llamas are different. Uh, it was in the book of Judges. And good job, 20 of you. Nice try. The rest of you guys who did not get it right. Let's see how that worked everything out. Nobody moved on the scoreboard. Everybody is just glued to the top five. Um, but good job, Zero, for hitting a streak of six. But also, you have the fastest, like, clicking skills. So really good job, Zero. And everybody down below, just keep going. And just know that we are not doing this for our glory. We're doing it for God. So uh, try to enjoy yourselves. All right. True or false? Paul killed Christians before he became one. Hmm. That'd be pretty epic if he did. Oh, one second. Yeah, it was true. He did kill Christians and he became one. 29 of you got it right. Seven got it wrong, but now you know. Good job. All right. I can't say your name. Suspicious Bakar is still in first. Deshaun still in second, but Dre popped right into third. Party time is still holding place. Henry popped in there. Good job, Henry. But Yosemite Sam back with an answer streak of three. Good job. Good holding on. And you have the fastest clicking powers right now. Good job. Two more questions. What did the Pharisees give to Judas for betraying Jesus? Did they give him a crown? Did they give him 30 pieces of silver, a letter of recommendation, or a promotion to a Pharisee? Hmm. By the way, you have five seconds. 32 people have answered, and you have two seconds. One second. All right. Yeah, he was given 30 pieces of silver. Nice try, guys. Wow. Most of you guys got that right, but I can understand why you guys thought it would have been something else. Sadly, um, he didn't get a letter of recommendation or a promotion or a crown, but, you know, you wouldn't want to betray Jesus. Uh, yeah, let's see how things are looking. Nobody moved, just their points, but four places. Cats are cool became the highest climber. Good job, cats are cool. And yeah, if Glenn were here today, he would agree with you and everybody else. Uh, this is a type answer. Name an animal from the New Testament. And look at those dogs. <laughs> They're so cute. Um, hopefully I didn't give you an answer. Um, but yeah, you have 20 seconds. What are you guys talking about? 
I see people in our chat saying stuff. Okay. Yeah, so you have two seconds. I get distracted easily sometimes. But yeah, zero seconds. An animal from the New Testament. Someone really... Oh, that's just like the answer options. Lamb, sheep, goat, ox, horse, fish, dog, pig, reptile, eagle, dove, bird, lion, serpent, dragon. Okay. And I was like, where are the answers at? There we go. Okay. Donkey would count. Lion would count. Dove would count. Bird would count. Sheep. Yes. Dog. Dog. Yes, dog. Oh, yeah. Dog. Um... No, I don't think cat's written in the Bible. Is cat written in the Bible? I don't think so. Nope. Sorry. No, wait. Elephant's not in there either, is it? You guys are trying to trick me. <laughs> Horses, yes. Dog with two Gs, probably. Uh, donkeys, yes. Uh, dog, because you said it. No! <laughs> uh, frog, yes. Ox, yes. Donkey. Dung, J. We'll put Dong J in there. Um, snake, yes. Good job. All right. It's New Testament specifically, how many? Oh. Okay. Well, what? Um, wait a minute. So, what shouldn't be put in here then? Horses wouldn't be in there? But Paul was on a horse, right? On the road. We don't know that. Um, Lion. Yeah, lion, horses lion. in Revelation. I'm just trying to think if there's any that's specifically. Frog? I don't think frog. Oh, that's actually mentioned in Revelation, apparently. Oh. So Snake. maybe they are. They are all in New yeah. Testament. Nice. We could put the cat in there if you want. They might be in there. No, I'm just kidding. No, okay. I <laughs> oh, no. I hope I didn't press it. Okay. All right. Well, that shook up the board a bit. We have one question left. So you better hold on tight. Um, but yeah, Henry popped back up. Don, welcome to the top five. But nine players have reached an answer streak of three. And apparently they're all clicking really fast too. So you guys on the scoreboard better watch out for this last question. But guys, your scores aren't that far from each other. Good job. All right. Let's do this. Who wrote the book of Exodus? Was it Matthew? Was it Joseph? Was it Moses? Or was it Le Levi? <laughs> Uh, you have 10 seconds left. Man, it got so quiet. It's like the peace before the storm. One second. All right. Good job, 25 of you. No, it wasn't Matthew. That's a New Testament book. The um, Exodus is old. Uh, there's no book of Joseph. There's no book of Levi, even though these people are in the Bible. It was specifically Moses who wrote this book. Um, and he wrote the first five books of the Bible, uh, which are called the what, Carissa? The Torah or the Pentateuch. Good job. All right. Anybody ready to see how this all worked out? I am. I am. Okay. So third place, we have Dre with the pancakes on your head. Good job, Dre. Uh, in second place, we have Henry with pancakes on your head. The first person better have pancakes on your head, I'm just saying. Nope, suspicious, but with the sunglasses. Good job, everyone. Fourth place, we have Dawn. And fifth place, we have Ghost, who is P1. Good job, everyone. Hey, thanks for that, Harmony. That was good. Uh, there's a lot of pancakes on the podium there. <laughs> oh, that's great. In fact, that might be a question for our outro, which we'll do in a moment. 
Now, we're going to be on tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, so make sure you return. We're going to have more Amigo Chats, Question Times segment, and another Kahoot game for you guys. So make sure you've hit subscribe and the bell. 7 p.m. Eastern, that's 9 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Let's do the outro question now. Speaking about pancakes, what do you guys like your pancakes with? What's your ideal toppings or things you want pancakes with? What would you pick? If you could pick anything, what would you pick? Let us know in the chat. We want to hear your answers. And we'll get the team to also give us their answers as they say goodbye to you right now. Mm. Pancakes, got to be maple syrup. Ice cream as well. Be nice. Yeah. It's a goodbye from Ryan. See from Paul. It has to be honey or jam. Either one. Um, chocolate chips, syrup. That's a goodbye from Zach. Just make chocolate chip pancakes, and then you could put syrup on top. However, I did try peanut butter and honey toast today, and it was amazing. <laughs> so maybe I would try that on pancakes. I don't know. But I've joined the bandwagon. I think it's good. Anyways, bye from Michelle and Carissa. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow from Glenn, Angel, Ruben, Julia, Beaver, whoever else served today. Honestly, Pancakes aren't my first choice, but if I have to have pancakes, I guess I'll have it with like strawberries on top and blueberries like cooked into it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just want butter on it. That's it. Beck said, what about bacon? Mm, that might be nice. Bacon with pancakes. That'd be pretty good. Hey, I'm very happy, Carissa, that you tried honey and peanut butter on toast. I'm glad you loved it. So good. Starting a trend, aren't we? If you guys haven't tried it, try it. It's really nice. But we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Same time, same channel. And between now and tomorrow, go and serve our amazingly great king. Bye. Bye.